welcome to Funkatopia WTF. I am your host, Mr. Christopher. This is my illustrious co-host, Jeff Page. <laughs> Our special guest over here who's kind of just sitting in the quietly in the background right now, Scott McCullough. And the reason why I'm kind of keeping him minimized just for a second, because I have a little bit, obviously we had, that was a little bit of an intro video, but I want to talk a little bit about some of the stuff that he's done tonight. We welcome multi-award winning filmmaker and director Scott McCullough. He has earned over 190 directing awards and honors with some of the largest brands in the world, including Prince, obviously, Warner Brothers Records, NBC Universal, NASCAR, Ford, Budweiser, Pepsi, Target, Fumo Tires, Coors Light, General Motors. The list goes on and on and on. And a lot of high budget projects from multi-billion dollar and Fortune 500 companies. There are tons of this work to be highlighted. Uh, among them being when screen legend Paul Newman specifically requested that Scott direct would be his final filmed appearance in a poignant tribute to the champ car racing team. Paul Newman said, choosing Scott McCullough over Michael Bay and Tony Kay wasn't difficult. I saw Scott's work. He is astonishingly prepared. The sound, vision, passion, and drive towards all areas of production. Scott was also responsible for creating, writing, directing, and cinematography of Thunder Theater's groundbreaking 70-millimeter NASCAR experience films, 100% and no bull. Those productions introduced cutting-edge effects that laid the foundation for the immersive 4D experience that we see today. And then, as we are all excited to hear about, he then collaborated with the music icon Prince working with him on some of his most iconic videos, including Get Off, Daddy Pop, Diamonds and Pearls, Sexy Emma, each of which was awarded gold from the IRAA. And there's a long list of videos and stuff that he's worked on with Prince. We'll go over that in just a minute. But I, I can't say anymore. All I will say is that, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our very special guest, Scott McCullough, to Funkatopia Live. Hey! Hey. <laughs> so glad to be here. Thank you guys. It's uh it's an honor and a thrill and what a great intro. I'm I'm uh, I'm speechless right now, but hopefully that'll change as we go because you want to hear stuff. So I'm working on that. I mean easy <laughs> learn. So let's let's get into it. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, let's start with the most obvious thing, which was um, you know, how did you get started in videography? I mean, where was that? Did that start as a kid or where did that start? Well, I, you know, I've, I've, I started out, I was playing drums since I was a kid. You know, I was like uh, probably five or six pots and pans in my mom's kitchen. She hated that. So I had a music inclination and I played drums. And so that probably had something to do with the fact that maybe I can do something cool with the camera. But uh, I was going into art, drawing, painting. I was going to be an architect. And that just didn't seem like a very, you know, exciting thing when you're 18. So had a job at the firm and I said, okay, well, I don't like this. Let's see if we can learn something else and find uh, what's going on. And of course I saw Jaws and I was like, well, that's kind of cool. But I didn't realize there was a business there. And I was in Minnesota. That's where I was brought up. And so I, I, I have always been uh, interested in what's happening in the music scene and what's happening with the culture there and how big that was. Mm. Uh, and of course, Purple Rain came out and I was like, what is this? Um, so I started to think about, well, maybe I should take my drawing and move it into pictures and do a frame with the camera rather than, a, you know, the hours and days it takes to do a drawing and do all that other stuff. And I can use that to get into storytelling. What do I want to shoot? How do I want to shoot it? and tell the crew? Um, so I'm, my wheels are turning. Mm. And uh, my first uh, 
my first big break was being a PA in a, mu in a movie where uh, I was in the middle of winter working with uh, David Burton Morris. And I was working on a wow. little film called Patty Rocks. And I was a PA and I actually talked myself onto that job. I didn't get it at first. But I said, I called up the production manager. I said, look, I got a car. I'll work for free. How can you lose? And that's what yeah. happened. That's how I got into it. Wow. wow. That's now, are you based in uh, Minnesota now? Or are you out in California? Where are you at? I'm in California. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, you hear it quite a bit that uh, they talk a little bit about Atlanta being the next Hollywood. Um, have you shot anything here in Atlanta or? Well, I, I have. I shot uh, uh, boy, it's a few things. A lot of NASCAR because we Atlanta Motor Speedway and obviously down the east and southeast. Most of the racetracks I've worked on with NASCAR, RJ Reynolds uh, and a bunch of commercials that goes with it, like Budweiser. Um, and I remember one commercial I did with uh, Home Depot with Tony Stewart and we shot the Atlanta Motor Speedway. And that's where I thought I was going to, uh, you know, we have near life, uh, near death experiences on everything we do. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to get into that, we can, but yeah, I've, well, I have shot there. Great cruise. Uh, I, I, I want to get back there as soon as possible. And no, uh, it's a, it's a fun city. I know I've been running around there a lot and you know, East coast does, 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 uh, does a great job with crews and, and people. And, and I just love it there. Yeah, and you you know, you, you can't say near death experience and us not have you right. going to that. Yeah. All right. I've so got, I've got some shots. I've got some shots. One in particular that is just absolutely terrifying to me, but yeah, go ahead and talk about a near death experience. Is this the one where I'm holding, I'm hanging out the cam uh, with the camera and the, the home depot car. Yeah, let me see if I've got uh, that picture here on this. I do. Let me uh, let me let me share this photo. I love the, yeah, <laughs> I love the production value. You guys are set up, man. You do your prep work. Yeah, you guys do a great show because this is uh, unlike a few of these other podcasts I've been on. It's like wow. <laughs> this, this, yeah, this is uh, we're going about eighty miles an hour, and I'm holding a thirty-five millimeter camera, which is probably about with the lens. Maybe 30 pounds. Maybe I, I am strapped in, but if I lost the camera, I probably lost my arm. Right. But that's not the near death experience. Uh, once we're done shooting all this racing, I mean, this is a stunt driver. He was, he was one of the best I've ever worked with. He was about a foot and a half off the bumper. Most of the time I actually got the camera inside of the netting in the car while we're going 80 miles an hour. Oh my God. Oh my gosh. And he pulled over and said, I have never seen your one crazy son of a bitch. I can't believe you did that. And I said, well, you know, I'm good at what I do. <laughs> it's all about so, perspectives and you found it. <laughs> I did. I did. Well, you know, you, you have to be active. You have to be kinetic. Mm -hmm. uh, I've, I've, I've been in these cars and you don't get the experience of what that's like to have that wind and the pressure and, and the speed and yeah. the sound. I mean, I've, I've still bringing in my ears because I've done a lot of this stuff and those cars are uh, massive when it comes to the sound and they're just the, the horsepower. So the near death experience, if I can encapsulate that is Tony Stewart earlier in the day when we were shooting the lines in the, the, the spot with him, uh, we had to, we cover it because sometimes we don't get great audio. So in the van, that we had in the middle of the infield, we had, you know, Tony Stewart doing his lines with the sound recorder and some of the agency people and myself. And he decides to put the, the, get this, a Kia rented minivan from Atlanta. <laughs> okay. He puts it, he starts it and takes it out onto the track. And it took him a lap or two to get up to 140, 150 miles an hour. Again, wow. Kia rented minivan. Wow. So 
And that day, we it was a record bloom for algae. Uh, now, the reason I say that is because nobody has really tested the slip factor of mm. algae on a racetrack going at 140 miles an hour. Oh. This is going through my head. I'm like, okay. And then, you know, who changed these tires? Who did the balancing? Who, you know, I'm like thinking all these factors while Tony Stewart's one arming it going, oh, you guys are just a bunch of babies. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did feel the car slide closer to the wall. We pulled off and three of the agency guys got out and kissed the ground. And I was like, that's the last time that's going to happen for me. <laughs> EMT is, is all gearing up. The lights are on. I'm like, and I'm like watching this going in the car and I'm like, okay, this could be it. And the sad thing is that, you know, if, if something happened, it would be Tony Stewart plus six others crash. You know, I wouldn't get any press. So, right. You'd just be a six other. Yeah, I'd be that. <laughs> I'd be that limb over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. It's amazing that how you, you explain that. And I'm visualizing him just sitting back like do, 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 and everyone else, their hearts. He are had no seatbelt. He didn't put a seatbelt on. Uh, I mean, I mean, he's good, right? He's a, an NASCAR driver, but you know, I was on that track before him and I was like, this is just, you know, top heavy mini. These cars are low profile, right? right. So you're going to um, a, a minivan and they're high profile. So, you know, you start getting some inertia going around these corners. Um, you know, anything could have a, a blown tire could have been it. So, right. I'm yeah, here. That, We're good. Thinking. <laughs> that's a, that was my first thought is that if you're doing this, well, first off, my first question is, is how did you get your hat to stay on at 80 miles? <laughs> is that taped? On I staple? don't know. I don't know. See, I, yeah, I got, I always wear hats because just, just my look, it's my thing, right? It's my jam, but I, I don't know. Uh, it's that was buckled on, but you do need it. See, there's a reason why, because I, I'm a director that that's also on, on commercials. I'm afforded the, the luxury of being able to be a DP. So uh, the visor helps with sun and I always backlight things. So it's like, I, I, I don't want to sit there and do this all the time. So it's really just a quick reference of, of uh, you know, ease of just moving fast because you have to in these things and you've got the same amount of daylight as everyone else, but, Sometimes it's just you, you you try to find your tricks to make things faster. Now, what does DP stand for? Director of photography. Director of photography. Yeah, so I, I'm in charge of lighting, and also, obviously, I'm holding the camera in that picture you showed. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm an active shooter. I like to have that uh, connection with the talent, like uh, in the promo. It's, it's, very, it's very much like what Ridley Scott uh, does. He did hundreds of commercials, and then he got a chance to do, uh, I think it was Alien. No. Yeah, Alien and a couple other projects. And so when he came to the States to do it, uh, he was surprised he couldn't operate the camera because the unions didn't allow him to do so. Hopefully that'll be easier to do when, when we do other things. But it's a, it's, a, it's a connection I have with shooting and be able to you know, walk into a set or room mm -hmm. and literally just know exactly where to point the camera, know what lens I want to put on, how I want to block it, how I want to move it. Um, and I have this sort of because of my drawing and how I can work with space relations, mm -hmm. um, I can pretty much pre-vis uh, what a lens will look like in any part of the room I'm at without actually going there. So I can say, okay, a crane there, this, this, that. So it really does speed things up. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. And and just so we're clear, just to, to let the audience know, we will talk about print stuff. Just have a little patience here because I really want to talk, <laughs> really talk about some of this stuff and where I really want to kind of get, the history of him. So just relax. It's coming. You're fine. We got a good bit of Prince coverage. You're going to be good. You're going to be good. 
Yeah. Now, put your seatbelts on and get ready. Put your seatbelts on, just relax, enjoy the stories. We're, we're, you know, this is was it the first time you watched this show? Come on, now, just relax. <laughs> right. relax. You guys are, you we calm down. Just, right. just relax. Just calm down. For, 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 I remember you, uh, I saw for, that on the. For, for, for. Yeah. The party will come. The party will come. Exactly. The party will come. Because now you did all this racing stuff and you mentioned really Scott had done all this. Didn't really Scott shoot the Apple commercial, the famous 80s apples commercial where. Yeah. The, yeah. Where 1984 with uh, the Orwell. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought so. Yeah. Those, it's, it's amazing. Some of the directors that had some of the. Um, uh, and if you guys are still hearing the echo. In my voice, I, I can still hear it a little bit. Just let me know. Um, yeah, I can still hear it. So then Paul Newman hears, you know, basically mm. hears that, you know, has, has seen a lot of your stuff as far as, as far as the race car uh, stuff is concerned. And how in the world did he contact you? What, what was the story about how you connect with Paul Newman? Well, it, it's, you know, when you're, when you're dealing with uh, that level of talent, there's agencies involved, there's clients involved. And I was, I was working in LA with a production company that did a lot of car commercials. And we did, you know, obviously the background of NASCAR has been uh, like a backbone of what I've been doing with commercials. And that obviously got me into a lot of other car commercials, but I had worked with the advertising agency donor who had the account for secure horizons and secure horizons was a major sponsor for Paul Newman's car, um, the open wheel champ car. And so, we got this board in and it's, uh, you know, obviously as a director, you are in high demand, high, high competition. And the demands put onto a director to get the job is, is, you know, I, I don't even know why. Uh, I don't even know if I can explain it because it's just sometimes just, it's a guess, but he saw the real along with a bunch of other people and his team, his agency team and, and, and whoever said, okay, let's, this is the right guy to do it. Cause I, I have been, you know, when you get to a racetrack on an active racetrack, uh, when it's a, a race day, you got teams, crew, it's a, it's one of the da most dangerous places on earth. Yeah. Uh, anything could happen. Um, and I think that that's important as well as being able to be, to know about production, what it takes to get a camera to a place it needs to be. And, uh, you know, it's outside of capturing the, the, the time you need to get with the person that's there or the, the set or the crew, uh, that, uh, you know, coming in there with the experience that you got uh, is helpful to get this. So as a, you know, obviously experience with some celebrities helps too. I, I could imagine the level of focus required at a track versus, you know, other things when you have more control over what's going on around you has to be immense. Like, Well, not only that, but um, the, the, the pace car driver was Tom Cruise that day. And of course, Tom Cruise and Paul Newman are friends. So for about an hour of the time I had with Paul Newman while he's watching the race, I had Tom Cruise right next to him and I, I couldn't shoot Paul Newman because I'm shooting with a, you know, 24 millimeter lens. Right. So I had to talk to Paul's or to Tom's people and say, I have to, I have a job to do here. <laughs> How soon will he be out of the booth? Because I don't want to shoot something that I don't get in trouble for. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was that was an interesting uh, thing. So I had to shoot a little bit faster. I had to work a little bit harder to catch up uh, because Tom Cruise stole my thunder. Yeah, right. <laughs> he stole your days of thunder. Days of thunder. Hey, hey, I like that. <laughs> no, but it's, it was uh, it was such a great shoot, and we had uh, we have right. the the Friday is time trials, Saturday's practice, and mm -hmm. they get tuned in the cars, and Sunday's the race. So you have three days of doing that stuff, and. 
And Paul, you know, when he showed up, he, you know, at the time, I think he was, he was, you know, at the age where it's like, I don't know, but he, he put a lens up in his, his eyes and he just comes across the camera much like Prince. He is, you know, he knows where to be and what to do in his look and his camera, the camera just, is there some sort of an energy? And that's what I love about operating when I'm directing is the fact that I can sense that and I can do things without even having to tell someone else. And then that delay of time to get it to that. Per what mm. I want to do is probably not going to translate. Sometimes I have very instinctual, very intuitive, intuitive on about how I shoot and how I operate, especially when it comes to music and, uh, you know, doing, doing projects that are based in music, because sometimes you just have to feel it. You can't explain it. Right. If that makes right. sense. It's like playing a, an instrument. It's a true instinct. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 So like with, with Paul, when he said choosing Scott McCullough over Michael Bay or Tony K wasn't difficult. I saw Scott's work. When you, when you saw that quote or heard that quote, what, what was going through your mind? What you were like, wow. Uh, blessed, blessed. It's, you know, it's, it's like, you know, you're not in every conversation. Uh, I go and I'm working a hundred miles an hour in every different direction. So I can't be next to the agency. I can't be next to the person that's hearing this or hey, so, so you hear this and like, that's great. At the time, it's like, I got to move on. Mm. <laughs> but it's like when you take it in, it's, it's, uh, it's uh, encouraging, it's, it's flattering. Um, and, you know, if I'm there to service his look, his style, his project, the, mm. the agency's uh, work, because they've been spending a lot of time with the project, no matter what the project is, you know, the agency, the ad agency, uh, has been dealing with it for months, if if not uh, many to focus groups, all this stuff. So I got my my purpose is to stay focused and not be bogged down in uh, how great they are. Compliments are great, but we do have a job to do. Yeah. So it's it's you know I look back now and I'm so thankful that I had every chance and every opportunity I've I've gotten because it just makes my directing in the next project that much stronger. Right. Did he share his salad dressing with you at the time, or was that not a thing? Man? <laughs> no, 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 no. He did. He was very fast on his little. Uh, little he had a little scooter, and it's like a, the the joke of the the weekend was uh, uh, finding Newman. That's what yeah. we, we we didn't know where he was. Like <laughs> it, interesting with Prince, you never know where Prince is, and it's like you. He's got this this perfume, and I don't know. You probably had people say it's like all of a sudden I remember this distinctly that I would smell his, his cologne before I'd ever see him. I'd say he's around here somewhere. And he would just be like this ghost that would just show up and he would just swear he floats in and he floats out. I don't know. He's, just, he's a magician like that, but that's kind of what the, the trick was that weekend. <laughs> Following Newman, finding Newman. <laughs> People always said that about him. It's just like, you'd be talking about him and all of a sudden he would just randomly appear. Yeah. Now be, be careful what you say. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Saw some pictures here of uh, you and Dale or Jr. here. Were you a racing fan uh, before? I, you know, the, the, the weird thing was, I, I, I obviously you know about it, but I'm from Minnesota at the time I got my first chance at doing our uh, Winston Cup at the time. That's it, now it's maybe Sprint Club Cup. I don't know what it is, but at the time is a Winston Cup. And I was got a call from a I was courting some production companies. I was in Minnesota and they didn't want to go really beyond the Midwest. And I was like, I need some representation in other areas. And one of the companies was in the South and in Nashville. And I said, and they called me and said, what do you know about 
NASCAR racing. I said, I don't, but, uh, you know, what do you got? They said, what do you, why don't you write up a treatment? And, and, you know, I did some research and I wrote something up and, and my, my whole thing was, what is, what is no bull? And that was their big tagline. And no bull is not, the whole theme is, it's not just the driver, it's the team. It's the, that makes the difference. And that sold the job. Next year we're shooting, we shot 16 millimeter that year. And then the next year we shot 70. Uh, so it was, uh, it was a great call to be able to write something that was not about racing. It, it, racing is obviously there. It's, it's, it's in the shops. It's part of it, but it's more about the teamwork and how, how it, it can kind of almost parallel with what a film is. It's almost like you have a driver, which could be called a director, but there's so much more that goes into a, into racing, it's it's the, the, they build these cars by hand. They right. have teams that just do the engines. They have hundreds of engines. They have tuners. They have electronics. They, all right. this stuff goes into making these cars to 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 exacting measures where it's it's a you know they they have all these rules and regulations that each car has to be set up the same. So it really does become about how good your pit stops are. How good is your engine? How good is your tuning? How good is your driver and just luck. And that's how it got so exciting, you know, to watch this and be a part of it. It's like, well, it's, it's, it's the driver is doing his thing, but it's like, things have got to be ready. You know, well, that I, makes, makes me think of something. Um, and, and again, I don't want to pull away from these pictures and everything, but the thing about racing is it, it is all about the team. And so with the work that you're doing, it's all about the team as well. So when you're when you have these projects and when they're hiring you on board, do you get to bring your own people along or do you get what you get and well, have it, to work with? Yeah, them? So, yeah, sometimes I do and I do have key people I bring in. Um, a lot of times it's and I find that to be a benefit where I can come into a project and then work with the local crew. And I would have my producer that comes with the production company. Obviously they're looking out for the, the budget, making sure that, that everything's spent correctly. And we were recovering our, our bases on all the elements that we promised the agency and the client that we would deliver, but we'd have to go to Atlanta. And we, it, it makes sense to hire local crews there because uh, they can get things done quickly. They work together as a shorthand. Uh, if they can respect me, I respect them and we can go and do a great job. And I keep the money in the town rather than bringing all these people in. And they, you know, I've, I've worked with LA crews that come somewhere else um, and they don't have that, you don't have that rooted experience, uh, that, that commitment to the community. Um, and I think that that says something because it's like when you go someplace and you spend money, try to use as much people as you can from the area. Uh, you know, the, the, the caveat is that you, you might need some skilled people that don't have that experience, but Atlanta, Charlotte, which we worked in a lot, uh, New York, all these areas are starting to get pretty savvy and, and several crews deep. So if there's a production that's taking up maybe two or three, maybe there's two or three films going out at the same time, mm -hmm. the resources of crew and equipment kind of dwindle down. So it's hard to get into these places and say, okay, it's the shoot if there, if there's a movie, but Atlanta is not like that. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. And so do that. Explain this picture too. I, I found this one. Uh, this is, yeah, explain this picture. I was really upset, as you can tell. No. Yeah. <laughs> How do you like those shorts? Let's talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> Wearing um, oh. Well, I want, I want to get the camera underneath the car. And those cars are six inches, if not four inches, off the ground. You, and this is a 70 millimeter job. You can see the camera 
kind of by where that ladder is. It's a big camera. It's, it's about two feet by two feet. So what's one way to get the camera under the car? You lift the car up. And then what we did is the scaffolding that I'm standing on is where we faked the road. So we had, or the, the pits, the pit road where we had the tire changers on the scaffolding so that they would actually be able to work the tires off and do what they normally do. But on scaffolding, I could put the camera where I want it underneath. Wow. Oh, wow. Unfortunately, it didn't make the cut, but it will make on my cut on the director's cut. So oh, that's very <laughs> cool. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. There's a lot of, just some, not a lot. Just got just a few pictures, but we're going to get about to break into talking about Prince here. So relax here. Just, <laughs> minute, just everybody, calm down. We're we're, we're coming. But I, I where's really, the Prince? Where's the Prince? Where's the Prince? <laughs> and Andre's like it's past my bedtime. He's just like <laughs> go to sleep. <laughs> go to sleep. Then you can watch it tomorrow. Uh, still got the echo. What sh what movie is this that you're filming here? This is uh this is for Jeep. Uh, we're doing a jungle scene where. Um, where we had an animated, um, kind of like the, the Budweiser frogs, but this is much more advanced. We're working with animated, an animated lizard and an animated mosquito. And so the idea is that the mosquito had saw this, it's complicated, but this, this mosquito saw this animal and bit it and it was the Jeep. And so it busted its nose. And so we're in this particular <laughs> scene, he's talking with the, the mosquitoes talking with the lizard and we're doing background plates. So I'm, I'm setting up a, a shot where I want the background plates to be and the animators would come in and do, um, do the animation for the, the characters that are in the shot. Wow. Wow. It's, yeah. This is a lot going on. Uh, this one, you have a, a few shots on this one here with, uh, I guess this is, is this another? Car this is, yeah, this is Kubota. Um, this is one of the, uh, you know, one of the three, I think this is a shoot from the first year I did. I did like three or four years in a row where uh, this is like day one of three where we had six commercials to do in those three days. Uh, so we are doing the big, uh, you've seen them on the, on the farms where they have the big balers. So yeah. we were in the middle of shooting. Um, I think the, the, the unit was probably a quarter mile away. We had a drone up about 300 feet. And we had these two other cameras. So it's coordinating all these shots at the same time. Wow. And of course, the guy on the right is a art director, creative director. He looks very happy. So I did my job. So that's good. I, of I course, am, kind of and I, I look concerned because the sun's going down. <laughs> right. <laughs> Always my concern. Hey, Scott, real quick. You said you had, an, you had another set of headphones. Can we try that real quick? And see oh, sure, sure. Um, yeah, these are my best. Go ahead. For those of you just tuning in, we are we're meeting with Scott McCullough from um, oh that yeah went away like immediately. There you go, fantastic. There you go, great. Um, no, it's still there. <laughs> it's okay. It's a, It's only when I'm loud. Here, Honestly. put these on. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. I'll just put Better okay. earmuffs. Sorry um, about yeah. that. We're with I'll, I'll go back a little further. Yeah. <laughs> Director and filmmaker Scott McCullough, who has worked, done a lot of films and commercials, and, and he's a very big award-winning director, and he's done a lot of work with Prince. Wait till you hear this list of, yeah. <laughs> of the stuff that I have uh, about the things that he's done with Prince. We're about to break into this in just a second, but uh, I wanted to kind of talk about some of uh, his other success. Now, I had a question about this photo here. Uh, for those who are listening on the Funked Up app, there is a, a picture of them 
the crew out on the field, but there what appears to be uh, I, I, what is this behind you? Uh, you mean the the, the plastic? The, the pla- oh, we're just shooting at a uh, we're shooting at a uh, greenhouse. Yeah, uh, this is part of a uh, a setup that's at a hobby farm, and we had a uh, that's a slider, and we were like, I'm pointing at something specific to the art director, and I said this is where I want to shoot, and this is just shooting that direction. Uh, this is obviously back behind the scene, but that is a, a, just a big greenhouse where they're doing uh, seedlings for something. Yeah. I wasn't sure if it was a greenhouse or if it was something specifically that was set up to, or for a lighting effect or something. So I was oh. just like, what if that is? Nope. That's, I was wrong. It's a good set design. I love these kind of <laughs> shots because uh, it really does give you that behind the scenes feeling regardless of what you're actually doing. I, I always think this is the best part of when you see what's going on with the production. Just Yeah. Yeah. This was a, this is a quite a rewarding project. It's, it's a, it's for the national veterans foundation. Shad me, Shad, the guy on the right, uh, probably one of the most well-known veterans out there. He was the guy who discovered how to uh, uh, diagnose and treat post-traumatic stress disorder in the field in Vietnam. He was the youngest captain. Uh, I'm currently working on his uh, feature film, and we're putting together that project as a uh, one year in Vietnam when he um, learned that it's more than shell shock. And so I, lo- I love this guy. He's like my he's like my dad. He's like my brother. He's so cool. And of course, he's uh, we had um, Martin Sheen involved, uh, obviously was in part of the clip. Um, so this was one of those things where we're trying to let people know that there's 22 uh, veteran suicides per day, roughly, uh, that's still going on. Yeah. It's, uh, it's one of the, un, I mean, we're trying so hard to just let people know that veterans have a, uh, unfortunate, uh, realization of, of, uh, death by suicide. So we're trying to this, in this project, this PSA was to work with the natural Vet- national veterans foundation to have bring an awareness to it. And this, this project ended up being, a um, an Emmy shortlister. I didn't get nominated because it was one, two other awards prior to this and that disqualified you. So I guess if you're going to go not be part of, uh, uh, the Emmys, I guess that's one way to do it. But yeah, the, the, the veterans are, are going through a plight, especially out here in LA with the homeless situation. And, uh, you know, Chad is tireless with, what he's done. And if you guys uh, that are listening, if you could just look up national veterans foundation, which is NF uh, NVF.org. Uh, they're doing really great work there. I get choked up thinking about it. I, I've done a lot of work with the wounded warriors project. Matter of fact, this was, mm-hmm. done. they actually gave me this as one of the, uh, one of the things I did for them. I actually DJed an event uh, for them and that's just that I'd never heard. Yeah, yeah, it's it's roughly yeah when you start thinking twenty two a day, and that was the initial uh, campaign that we went with. But it it was, uh, um, it's it's a frightening statistic, and right. you know it just uh, it you know floats you know all wars are horrible, and any anything we can do to help our veterans, we we must. Yeah, people completely overlook. Um trying to come back coming back from service and trying to assimilate back into society well, just it's the hardest general. thing to do it shouldn't be that hard i mean coming home should be easy right and that's that's part of the thing that we talk about is is it's a 60 second spot and mm-hmm. you know we we wish we could get uh you know the the organization uh 
this tr tried this really trying to get funding so they can actually do more outreach like this. They go out, the National Veterans Foundation actually goes out every week providing, uh, looking for homeless vets to help them get braided, to help them get their, uh, send them care, pet, uh, care packages, care, uh, um, uh, you know, boxes, they have food, they have uh, sanitation, things that help them. And they also say, look, we can help you get into the VA and get your rating, get some medical care, help them get jobs, help them find uh, housing. Um, this is what National Veterans Foundation does. Mm. All right, let's talk about some of these pictures that I found of you with celebrities here, and then we're going to go into the print stuff. Okay. Yeah, let's, 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 let's go ahead and do this. And I'm not art directed. I don't think I'm art director. Okay. okay. You're very <laughs> art this, this looks like you're in the editing phase right now. That's great. Yeah, right. All right. So this first photo I found of you and Dave Grohl. That's my beautiful wife, Amira. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I was going to say, and who is this stunning woman to his left? Yes, yes. Okay. We're, on, we're going on 11 years. Can you believe it? She calls me back. It's amazing. What is that all about? I have not changed the locks. <laughs> yeah, this is at a uh, opening for Best Friend in Vegas. Uh, they, uh, one of our closest, dearest friends, um, works with uh, Kogi and Roy Choi. And we were fortunate enough to be a part of the opening of that restaurant. And they had a, a party at one of the, uh, the spots here. I, I don't even know what this, this club is, but there's Dave. So wow. I said, Hey, you have a connection with Prince. So there you yes. go. He did uh, darling Nikki. And, and he said, yeah, he was going to play at the uh, concert. Um, I do think in the, at the forum and he, they actually did a sound check with him and he never called him up. <laughs> well, Dave yeah. was like, I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you told a story on the the I guess the event that Sheila had done on I guess the tribute that Sheila E had done on I don't remember which television station it was and he had mentioned that he was sitting in the audience and he had drank way too much because he just figured that he wasn't going to be called and he then didn't they bring, he didn't bring that up <laughs> that's what he said in the interview and then he said uh, they did ask him if he wanted to come up and he was just like I just can't right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you don't hear that side of the story when you're talking to him <laughs> uh yeah well you know it, it probably just made a better story on the interview i guess yeah probably yeah we'll uh, go with that but this guy's amazing yeah that's keith david yes keith david so <laughs> yeah tell me a little bit about how you met him oh this is uh this is an oscar party uh this is another producer that uh pete abrams that i was uh with and i had my nice uh i must that shirt um I don't have any more, but uh, yeah, he, we just we just had a, a great conversation. Let's take a picture. There was no real uh, big story behind that. Just a great guy. I love his voice. I wanted to record something on my phone, but no. Yeah. So, he is so, so I get paid for that. <laughs> right. <laughs> He's fantastic. Oh, yeah. This is uh, yeah, Gene Simmons, of course. Yeah. Legend. Yes. This is yeah. at... Uh, Playboy Mansion. I was, uh, of course. Or, yeah. Well, you know, why not? This is one of those parties. I think it was a midsummer's dream party. And I was able to, uh, uh, imitate his, uh, lips. I was, uh, I did that on purpose. <laughs> See, <laughs> the problem not? with that is you got me looking at your lips now. Oh, Damn, that's, that's all by design. I'm sorry. <laughs> was your wife with you at that time? No, no, this is, this is back in 2003 or four. Oh, I okay. think. Yeah. I don't know that my wife would go with me to the Playboy Mansion. Maybe she would. I don't know. And of course, Seal. I found yeah. a picture of Seal. Yeah, this is another uh, after party at the Oscar. Uh, we we had a few minutes to speak, and uh, you know I'm a big fan. I I uh, 
I just said, look, I, I got to have a picture of you. It's uh, uh, just an amazing talent. And I want to, I want to hear more. I want to see more. I just, I just wish uh, uh, you'd come out with more stuff. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Some artists do that, especially the ones from eighties and nineties, they kind of have like these big albums and then it's just, they just they stop. Rest. They rest a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't can't say I can't say I blame him. It's a, it's a lot of work. Um, I do want to talk about just real briefly, and then we're going to break into the print stuff here. Um, you had two movies that were really big award winning movies, and mm. is gone and sore loser for love. These two short films like catch you so many awards. Can you tell me a little bit about Three Days Gone and Sore Loser? Here? Well, this is this is a this, Three Days Gone is a big story. Um, I'll try to condense it. We, we shot a, uh, uh, a film, uh, like a, a feature length film back in the late 2008, 2009, 2007, actually. And it, uh, the, the producer dropped the ball on a lot of stuff and it sort of lamented and went away. COVID hit. I had footage and I said, look, I'm going to recut this thing because I didn't realize my vision and I didn't realize uh, the, the project didn't really reach a point it needed to. So I, I said, oh, I'm going to retool this. I'm going to re-engineer this particular project into what I think it should have been. And so I cut it down to 23 minutes. It's now on its 29th award. It just won Belgrade. And wow. today I just got Belgrade and some other festival for best directing. So unbelievable. Good call. I'm glad I did it. And th yeah, I got to give a shout out to Clay Ayers who helped me, uh, uh, you know, visualize the, uh, or see the, the, like a collaborator that I work with. He's a writer that I work with a lot. And he's, he, he encouraged me to uh, take some leaps and bounds too, because it's, uh, you know, it's hard to take a project you've, you've done and you've bled for and have bad memories of and go back into and say, look, I, I think there's better performances here. There's better edit. There's a better story, way too many characters, mm -hmm. way too many uh, plot lines and let's simplify it and really boil down to the essence of what a film is. And it's, and it's, that's the sort of discipline a filmmaker needs. It's like, what is absolutely necessary? What, what do you really need to do to create uh, an entertaining piece that delivers on better, uh, on a, on a better level. And this, this, that's an attest, that's a, that's a testament to the power of editorial. And I cut it myself. So oh gosh, I yeah. usually cut my stuff and I edit my stuff because it's, it's, uh, uh, it's a, it's a, it kind of completes a singular vision. I do like working with other editors, but in this situation, you know, we all, we're all indoors in COVID and I spent like three, four months just cutting it. Um, mm. Sore Loser for Love is a, is a, is a music video that mm. unfortunately once it got literally the day it was finished, the band broke up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is one of those things is like, are you kidding me? Because I think I did a pretty good job with that and I still have it on my music video reel. So, uh, but the, you know, I'm, I'm going to show people uh, as a short film uh, and I have the ability to do that with the thing that I signed. So that, and it's one of the, it's a, it was a rock video. It's a, a friend of mine from years ago uh, that one of the first people I met out here in LA and he's uh, he's a, he's a rock star, Brett, uh, and uh, the, I don't want to say the name of the band, but you know, well, <laughs> well, we'll, was we'll leave that one there. Yeah, <laughs> and that's what happened to my band. We just got done recording all the songs in the studio. We got done recording all of it, and then the band broke up. <sighs> and so the 
the music was never mastered it was recorded it was kind of mixed down but so i have all these right it's it's just it happens it's just the reality yeah, but it's you know it's work you know it's like it's like it's got to be one of the most uh upsetting things to have a song not go out you record stuff and and okay. you know yeah i'm sorry yeah, no the band the band yeah. thing's tough it, it can be really tough i fortunately i <laughs> i can i can kind of create it without a band but yeah, see, you know, you want the band. You, you need that feeling to feed off of others. It, well, that's and you know, that's that's kind of a good way to talk about Prince because I remember one of the first times that I worked with him, uh, shooting when I was able to shoot directly with him and being on stage with him was he warms up. You know, he just they start jamming. They start. You know, the band. You got Sonny T. You got Michael Bland. You got Tommy on the keyboards. Rosie was there, mm. and I was just like. I'm shooting, but I'm like, this is sounds amazing. And they're just riffing. And it's like, it, they're just warming up. And then they would go into the songs. But I'm like, all this stuff is just, you know, Prince could look at a guitar and it's a song. Right. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah. I got a, a picture of Prince up and the quote is, if Scott's in the room, he's working for me. <laughs> when, where and when did he say that and what were the circumstances that led him uh, well I, I i i recall i was at the arsenio hall show i was a guest i wasn't there but he was doing his show his concert there or his, his performance and it was there was a gas leak in the studio so everyone had to just scramble and get out of the studio because obviously it's a, a danger so i turned the corner and i ran into um uh, one of the makeup artists and she kind of brought me back and showed me his dressing room, which was really cool because it's like art directed. I mean, they called it, they foofed it. They, they put the, the, the fabric. It was just amazing. Right. His dressing rooms at these places look like fluorescent lights, nothing. The Prince had, uh, print, I, I say this often, the Prince is always Prince. And so even in his dressing room when he's waiting, it's almost like its own green room. And they just made it look so, you know, he's, always in the creative mode and, and motivated. And I thought that was quite interesting. And I come back out and uh, I think the, I can't remember who said, I said, you know, he said, if Scott's in the room, he's working for me. I'm like, did he really say that? Like, you know, obviously it's like, it's another one of those things. It's like, that's what amazing. A great comp yeah. It's, you know, Man. but when you work for Prince, it's a lot of work and sometimes it's very stressful. So it's like, do I, I don't know, maybe I should think about that, but you know, I'll take it. That's a, that's a great compliment. And of yeah. course I turn another corner and there's Prince looking at me going, what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> I paid, I paid for it. It was like my vacation. So I was like, I don't late for other business. And I was like, I could, I can watch the show. And I was like, I, I am just here for on my vacation. And I talked to the producer and he said, no problem, but he doesn't want anyone around that's not working. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's all business with him. It was, it was, that's the way my experience was. I, I wasn't there to hang out and be buddy, but uh, I didn't expect that. And so I was, uh, I, I think I surprised him. So I was, uh, I, I hid in the corner for the rest of the show. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. Uh, that's just, uh, that's got to be terrifying to kind of just be in that uh, anyways. So just kind of, you get a little bit of perspective for the folks that are listening here. Uh, I'm going to go over Scott's Prince credits mm. just so you can kind of get an idea of what Scott has done for, for Prince. 
And I put the list up here for your video, for the video folks, but for your audio folks, I'm going to read over it. I apologize for a little bit of a, a light echo, uh, but let me read over this real quick. Uh, Scott, see if you can just mute yourself just for a second while I read over this and let's see if the echo yes. goes, since it's going to be, let me just give a minute just here. All right. Yep. It went away. So here is Scott Prince credits, which include Prince, Sexy MF. He was a segment director, director of photography, the camera operator for Prince Sexy MF. He was a camera operator in London for Prince's The Max. He was the director of photography for Prince's Get Off and Violet the Organ Grinder. He was the director of photography for Get Off House Style. He was the director of photography for Clock and the Jizz. He was the camera operator and director of photography for Live in London. He was the camera operator for Money Don't Matter Tonight. He was the camera operator for Willing and Able. He was the camera operator for The Continental. He was the director and director of photography for Strollin. He was the director, director of photography and editor for Call the Law. He was the director, director of photography and editor for Get Off Gangster Glam. He was the director and director of photography for Daddy Pop. He also was a director and director of photography for Carmen Electra's Love and Early in the Morning and Eric Leeds Little Rock uh, as well. He was also the segment director and cameraman for the BBC documentary done on Prince. He was the, the insert and segment cameraman for My Name is Prince. He was also the director and camera operator for Damn You. Um, he was also the camera operator for Live in London for Nothing Compares to You. And he was the camera operator for Mavis Staples' The Voice. He was the director, director of photography, camera operator for the Europe Tour rehearsal films in 1991. He was the director and director of photography for Live at Glam Slam concert film. He was the also the director and director of photography for Diamonds and Pearls concert rehearsal. And also the Europe tour rehearsal films, 91 and 92. And he was the casting manager and coordinator for Graffiti Bridge. And of course, that is includes performances from the time, maybe Staples, George Clinton, Tevin Campbell. And he was a second AD for Sign of the Times. And of course, he's done a ton of lost and never released footage and product uh, projects. <laughs> is that <laughs> long enough for you? <laughs> that, well, I it guess is we'll a assume. bit of stuff, uh, <laughs> but you know there there is uh, a couple of caveats. Uh, Little Rock was co-directed with Patrick Epstein. Uh, mm. I should put a shout out to him. Uh, okay. And Sign of the Times was more of uh, I was like going back to when I first started. It was it was is my echo any better? Worse? Yeah, yeah. It's actually. Let me see. Check check. Okay, check check check. It's actually a little bit better. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the uh, I was an extra in Sign of the Times. I, I answered an ad like all good extras do. P, you know, I, I, I went to on the bus out to Paisley. And I think at the time I was doing a lot of crew work as a PA and a grip. And I knew one of the assistant directors uh, that was working uh, at uh, on that show. And she pulled me and said, you can help me do some stuff. So it was good to be out of that crowd, but it was great to be backstage and be doing something just watching watching this, this sort of uh alice in wonderland space lights in the show i mean sign of times is one of my favorites and i was thrilled to be there so uh i don't know how much ad work i did but i'll, I'll take it 
<laughs> well, what was your first video project for him? Uh, well, I did. Well, when I did uh, after that, I, I, you know, Prince goes on tour and I work on other things. I do other music videos. Again, building a real building, something that is, uh, uh, you know, I can show for other work, obviously. So I, I, I accepted a job to do the graffiti bridge uh, casting coordinator. So they needed somebody on set to kind of make sure that everyone's getting paid correctly and behaved. And then uh, I got a, a I'm dating myself. I got a pager. Uh, I got a page saying, are you available tomorrow to shoot uh, the rehearsal for Dimes and Pearls? And this was a meeting I had with uh, a producer, Rob Borm, uh, months before. I said, here's some stuff I've done. And we've, we met through mutual friend. And, and so that, that had a great planting of a seed with him. And so I said, absolutely. I went out to Paisley. I had one camera. I think I, I don't even think I had a crew. I set up the light and I, my light meter didn't work. And the Nagra, which records the audio, mm. uh, was, was malfunctioning. So I thought, okay, this is my one shot and I'm not, I'm, I'm going to be one and done because I just didn't think that I was going to make it out of there because you know, the, I, I, I didn't have any crew, didn't have any lighting and it's like raw. <laughs> right. And I know the stuff he's done. You know, it's been top of the lot, top of the notch people he's worked with. I mean, uh, amazing people like Randy St. Nicholas, uh, mm -hmm. Jane Campion, not, uh, and Jane Castle, right. um, Marco Mezzi, Larry Fong, Larry Fong's a DP that this shot here that you have up, uh, Larry Fong is the DP for Larry Fong now does all the Superman movies. He works exclusively with Zack Snyder. Wow. Right. So that guy did okay. <laughs> but this was a one day shoot uh, that we did with, I think he did some other things, but uh, I was, uh, you know, we we're shooting, you know, you, sometimes you have other camera people around, like, like we're probably going to get into with the uh, box set, the concert, you sometimes need more cameras. So that was one of the camera operators and Prince always used to have me be the, uh, the handheld camera. And Typically, after two or three takes, he would go to me and ask me what I wanted to do next. And I'm like, this is somebody else's show, but it's actually his show. So uh, I just did what I had to do to maintain uh, less politics because <laughs> it can get kind of like you get the looks from people that, it, that uh, you know, they get territorial, you know. Mm. Lisa LaBeouf asked, you're good at what you do, but was being from Minnesota another big reason that Prince probably chose you? Oh, yeah. I'm sure it had a lot to do with it because, well, there's there's many times where I would have, uh, you know, there would be a crew that would come in from L.A. and they would, uh, you know, be set up to shoot like seven. It, it was a big setup that they did and they would have a, a DP and a and everyone would come in and I would be the local camera guy and I would actually do other stuff that would go with it mm -hmm. or complement it. And uh and then that crew would go away and he Prince, as you know, it just works all the time. And he's like, I want to shoot something and I want to shoot it now. And I was reasonable. I was like, that was a deal. Mm. So and I was like, oh, you bet I'm going to work with this guy. And right. you know, it's uh, I was a phone call and 20 minutes away. That's awesome. Mm. What, that what part of Minnesota were you in? Uh, Plymouth. I grew oh, up in West suburbs. So I was uh, last of uh, last of eight big family. Uh, lots of nieces and nephews now, and I go back whenever I can. Wow. Yeah. That's, yeah, we're yeah, going to talk a bit about that in the celebrations and stuff too, because, um, 
speaking specifically about that glam slam show and the live on the big screen thing. We're going to talk a little bit about this. How stressed were you about getting it right that first time with him? And were you just like, really just, were you like a mess? No, I think, I think it was just because I've, I've kind of feel like I've been through the hazing already. I was, uh, you know, glam uh, doing uh, graffiti bridge was, was kind of like, you know, I was a familiar face, you know, I'm sure he, you know, anyone in, in his house, he knows who's there uh, like mm -hmm. anyone would. And so right. I was a familiar face and, you know, I had a camera, so I was there for him, but yeah, there was that nervousness of, of mostly it was just what's going to happen. Cause you don't know. And am I going to get the shot? Is it going to be in focus? Is it all the technical stuff is there, but it's also, does he like what I'm doing? is what I'm going to do help helping not only him, but, but get me the next job. So that's, that was there. I was like, I was uh, okay. Like I said, I didn't sleep that night. I went right to transfer and, and I made sure that, you know, everything was as good as I could possibly get. And mm. I kept that up. I, everything I shot, I, I did try to make it, um, we'd shoot late hours and we'd go, luckily we had a, a Delden film lab in town. So we were able to, uh, you know, develop the film and then go transfer the film to video the next day. So I would get up early, like 10 It's early because we didn't get done shooting till like four or five in the morning, many nights. And then we, I would color and then I'd be called back out like later in the afternoon to shoot more stuff. So it was like that cycle was happening whenever it was in town shooting. And back to the last question was because of that uh, ease of just doing stuff was probably what he liked. Uh, you know, you get, you, you, there's a bit of baggage that comes with, you know, getting someone that's from somewhere else and the fees that come with that and the crew that they demand. And so it's, you know, I think I hit it at the right time and I was happy to do it. For those of you just joining us, we are joined by Scott McCullough, director, filmmaker, and he is got a long laundry list of videos and work that he's done with Prince and a bunch of other great projects as well that if you want to re rewind and listen tomorrow you absolutely positively can we've got lots of stuff on the list but right now we're in the prince mode which a lot of people are happy about um there's a lot to talk about on that list but let's talk about the diamonds and pearls video collection and your involvement in there's like a whole bunch of videos and we're going to kind of break yeah. down some of them um but you know talk about this particular collection were you a or involved in the putting this together or well you know as far as the actual video itself no i mean i i worked on the videos that are in it like willing and able i don't know exactly what's on the i'm looking on my list too trying to see if i remember money don't matter tonight willing and able even i don't think the continental actually made it to that particular video strolling i think uh so these videos were shots kind of in not as like an idea that they were going to be on a compilation like this, just each video was its own thing. And then he released this. So it was kind of like, okay, let's put it all together and try to, you know, move more records. And I think that's brilliant because people, you know, went and saw, you know, bought, bought, I think it was a gold rated. Mm -hmm. So those yep. videos did really well. So it's bits and pieces. There the connective tissue that goes with those, like how do you get from one video to the other? So there's lots of little bits and there's lots of interviews or, 
uh, bumpers or things that that would be shot. I mean, there's there's a little bit of movie scenes that I shot. There's things that nobody will ever see that I shot. It's just it becomes a sort of weird uh, other like this this room very much like the vault. I mean, mm. I was uh, I was asked to help kind of identify where things were and what they were and what time they were there in 2018 for this for the estate. It's like, what did you shoot? What's where? And I went actually at one of the storage places here and we looked at, you know, footage. I'm like, I, I can't, I can't, I, I don't, a lot of stuff I don't remember shooting because it's like buried away in my vault, in my head. Cause it's like, we shot it. It never got out. And you kind of, that's 30 years ago. And even if I did remember what it was, I probably couldn't talk about it now anyway. <laughs> so this stuff I can talk about is what's released. And that's like, I think you have uh, sexy MF up. And so this is actually in the garage underneath Paisley park. Yes. I was mm. going to, I've never been down in the garage of Paisley park. And I, I'm, again, I was assuming that this was where this is. Tell me about the location and everything that was considered for this, because this is actually, I guess could be considered a short and a short film because it's like eight and a half minutes or almost mm -hmm. nine minutes long for all intents and purposes. But, um, Tell me about the original script for this. What and script? How, <laughs> that's kind of what I thought was happening here. Uh, how far removed the final product was from, from where it all began? Like how much vision did Prince have for uh, Sexy MF? As well, a yeah, I think uh, the, the, the director of this, um, well, see, let me back up. We shot, I was talking about the connective tissue, about shooting a lot of little things here and there. And I shot... Uh, in this video is a scene where Prince is with two girls in the bedroom and yes. Troy, Troy Bear comes up and uh, considers joining them, I guess, as part of the storyline. So that was already shot. So I, whatever happened in Prince's head or whoever, uh, most likely Prince, said, okay, we, let's put this into a situation where it's a gangster sort of thing. Um, Satara Cheddar directed this, the performance section of this. I was a camera operator. I think there's a couple other camera. There's one other camera operator on this too. Um, so it was in the garage and I go down there with a, another DP and we're like, well, how are we going to make this look good? Because if you, you notice there's no fluorescent lights that are on, we brought in our own lights. So we hung these down lights that made it look a little bit sexier, a little bit cooler, a little bit more like an underground club. And that took a little bit because these, if you've ever, you haven't been down there, but it's, it's only like six foot tall. So that's very low ceilings and you don't have a lot of room to put lights or hide lights. So we had to make the lights be wow. its own thing, be industrial and work within this concrete structure. Hmm. Yeah. I noticed this club setting. I mean, I, even including like the neon lights that are up against that back wall, was that part of the decor that you installed? Uh, I think uh, Satara probably had that put in, um, but I have to go back and look at the video. Uh, yeah, that was that. I'm sure that's not in the garage, uh, as is. Uh, so there was some dressing that had to happen. Uh, that slash of light was from a light that we put in on the side. Bill Pecky uh, is a director of photography that that lit this. I was an operator on this, uh, and they also did. A, and okay, let's go back to the idea of the story. In a garage, it's very echoey, very yeah, uh, not sound friendly. So I think we had to shoot that opening scene uh, where they're playing cards 
talking about, you know, giving each other a hard time, yeah. this gang versus that gang. Uh, we had to shoot that four or five different days, different times. So right. I would have to, I'd be the, the voice of, uh, of consistency. I was there. And so we, this is the phone call away idea. Uh, I'd have to go back in and kind of recreate this scene at a different, like uh, if, if, uh-huh. uh, if Levi had to say something, we had to shoot that we didn't cover it. We'd have to shoot as a pickup shot. So we shot a bunch of stuff like that, including Troy, Bayer, a close-up of her, which they never covered in the actual footage that we shot at that Lafayette Club. So that was an insert of there. You know, just helps the story along. When you're editing stuff away, I, I, I wasn't a part of the editing, but you 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 realize, oh, I need it. We need a shot of this, or we need a shot of that. So let's go and shoot that. But do we really need to bring the crew from LA? Let's, you know, Scott was there. I think that's the reasoning behind that. And so I was like. Okay, let me just see the footage and I can recreate. Yeah, so I was kind of a second unit director, I guess you could say, on that. And then right. they intercut my stuff I shot with uh, the girls uh, in the bedroom, which was pretty much, I think it was one take we did all that with. Gosh. Yeah, I don't remember that that scene that was where the other person came in. I which get- one? When you when you said that somebody else came in to join their threesome or whatever, I don't. I don't uh, Troy, know. Troy was in the uh, Troy Bear, who was in the pearl dress. Remember, oh, she. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. He takes her okay. home. Yes. <laughs> or yes. takes her to the club and introduces yeah. her to Diamond and Pearl. Yeah. And all uh, sorts of chaos begins. You know, one of the things I, I, I've heard is that, you know, I've heard many photographers uh, talk about the fact that, you know, photographers and videographers that say Prince is so easy to shoot because he almost can't take a bad picture. I mean, do, you, do you find that to be pretty yeah. much true? Yeah, this, uh, you know, it's this is lit by, I think, like a 2K light. And I think we had a couple other lights on the side. And it was me handheld with, uh, you know, I had... Uh, this is actually on a floor. It wasn't on a bed. So I was able to move around cradling the camera and be low or even like on my knees and shooting this situation where Prince is uh, intermingling, so to speak, with uh, Diamond and Pearl. So I was wow. able to get a certain angle that I probably couldn't get if I said, okay, I need a dolly. I need this. I need that. Mm-hmm. And and this was like part of a, a group set. Uh, there was several sets that were set up for, you know, possibility of shooting and he gravitated towards this and said, I want to shoot here. Let's, you know, make it happen without any idea of what it is. So we just started lighting something that we thought looked cool. Now, in your intro video, you had mentioned that, you know, you do a lot of work with storyboarding and things. Did Prince ever sit down with you one-on-one and kind of storyboard mm-hmm. stuff together? Yeah. It was expected to read his mind. Um, <laughs> That's kind of how I looked at it. It's like, just, just try to try to make it as cool as possible. And, um, you know, I had, I, again, this was a month before we shot the other stuff. So I I didn't know where this was going to cut in or how it was going to cut in. And it was another director that did the main version of that video. So, uh, you know, things kind of get, uh, kerfuffled when it comes to what story is going to dovetail into another story later on there's there's footage i shot on the gold experience i think it's a gold experience three chains of gold uh three chains of gold that it was just you know stuff that i shot you know for something else an insert that worked for the editorial here so 
And that shows you how Prince is so involved, not only as an artist in music, but he knew visually how to, what his fans wanted. Mm. So we're you know, shooting what, it. As far as I'm sorry, as far as this video was concerned for sexy MF was um, shooting in the garage the most challenging thing. Was there any any? It seems like there's a lot of potential for some challenging situations here. I mean, not only just shooting in the garage and dealing with the echo, which can obviously be done because it's a music video. It can obviously deal with you know overdubs, but you know you've got that opening scene where there's a lot of dialogue that's happening there in the garage. Yeah. Uh, but the consistency also making sure that if it's since you mentioned it being shot over four days, the consistency of making sure that everybody's wearing the exact same thing for all four days. Yeah. The continuity yeah. expert. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> continuity. And, and not over four days, four separate days over a period of maybe a month. Oh, so geez. we would come back in and we would oh come God. back in. And so <sighs> just think of the level of smoke. There's always smoke, but, but, you know, atmosphere. Um, mm. that has to be consistent too. So yeah, it, it, it becomes a, who is there? What does it look like? And, and who is Prince comfortable with and how can we just, just forge ahead? You know, that's, that's kind of the, uh, uh, be a, be a cool customer. That's kind of how be focused on your job. Don't get bogged down the politics. You know, if people are talking bad about you because you're doing something, cause that happens, you know? I didn't yeah. let it hit me. You know, it's just, it was, is one of those things. In fact, when you talk about, um, you know, reshoots and, and what did we do here? What did we do there? Uh, I remember asking Prince because we're shooting, I think, get off the home video. And there was a scene in between the two, the videos. And, um, you know, you got the main video, which Randy St. Nicholas directed. I did all the other ones. So my first day was showing up on the big glam, uh, on the, on the big get off video set. Mm. And I literally looked over at the producer. I said, I would love to have the commission on the, the scaffolding rental because it was this, <laughs> it was amazing, but wow. <laughs> you, that's one set. So we move into another room. And so I, we, I think I was shooting gangster glam and we were, I was waiting for a film can. I said, okay. So I think he said he wanted to shoot something and I, I turned and said, so I assume that this is going to be for connected with what we shot the other day with Troy or whatever I said, he said, never assume anything. And he walked mm. away <laughs> like, okay, that's how we're going to play. And that's, that kind of opened you up to like, anything can happen and mm. don't, don't try to box yourself in a corner. I think that that really helped me sort of say, okay, I can do uh, as much as I possibly can to, to, uh, uh, you know, make sure that I get something unique and different that works with him, mm-hmm. but also uh, be fluid enough to say, to turn on a dime and just, you know, do the opposite. So that's kind of what I think my place was as far as shooting and being available with the camp, Scott with a camera. I was like, I think Tommy says MacGyver on the camera. I'd pick up a camera and shoot something and he would like it. And that wasn't, that wasn't the case. in a lot of these people that would come in and shoot. So I, I, I felt like I had this sort of connection that he liked what I was doing. Wow. That's unbelievable. Hmm. All right. Go ahead, Jeff. Yeah. So uh, I was just thinking about that. Can you think of a scenario where, uh, because again, you're going and going and going and where you, you get this shot and 
the rare time where in your heart and your mind, you're like, this is it. Oh, I know this is the money shot. You know what I mean? Like that kind of, yeah. gosh. And it that still happened. didn't make it. And you're like, what the heck happened? Well, yeah, that's, uh, I, you know, the, you had the, we had the microphone, the gold microphone, and we're shooting the bedroom stuff, with the girls. And it was, I think it was just one take or maybe two. I can't recall. I never saw the footage, but he literally got up and, uh, you know, everything, the shot was done. And I looked at him and he looked at me and I, I gave him like a thumbs up and that was, that's awesome. And he just sort of gave me that sort of look. It's like, get some other stuff. He wasn't, you know, he was fine. He knew it was, he knew, he, he knew exactly it was good. I was like, we got it. He's like, you're not done. <laughs> keep going. <laughs> yeah. Keep shooting. So yeah, we did. Right. We, yeah. Let's move on to get off. So we're going to be talking a little bit about this. Um, oh, I got a story. This, this, this clip here, I was asked by Prince and Randy St. Nicholas to be um, a assistant, much like a hat. This is kind of what I wore with a clipboard and glasses and a radio mm. uh, being the doorman for the, the big Caligula thing that was going on. Right. And I looked at Prince. I said, I, I don't think I'm the right guy to be on camera. And so they put these guys in. So I'm like, I wish I could have done it, but I was, I didn't really feel like I was, uh, yeah. I wasn't qualified. <laughs> so to speak. Yeah. This shot and it worked out better, right? It's better. It's a better video than I wasn't in that. I would ruin it. <laughs> for, for those on the funked up app that are listening to the audio, we got a picture of the opening scene of the video for get up for get off where diamond and Pearl come in and uh, they are kind of met by bouncers who are opening these huge doors into that Caligula scene, which is the the beginning of the Get Off video. Um, but also, not to be redundant, but for you audio folks, we are with Scott McCullough, director, director and filmmaker, uh, who's done tons of work with Prince, and that's kind of what we're talking about right now. And um, again, you got people that are listening for audio, I've always noticed this where you're, if you happen to be listening to something like, you know, uh, Sirius XM or something, and you come in the middle of an interview and it goes, who's talking? Who's talking? Who am I, who am I listening to right now? Uh, so, yes, yeah, Scott McCullough, director, filmmaker, extraordinaire, has done Thank tons you. Thank you. of work with right. Prince. And right now, again, we're looking at a picture of the intro scene from Get Off. And I just think it's hilarious that you could have been one of these guys standing in these bikini briefs. And yeah, uh, that's, yeah. I, I, you know, I don't, I think that was an afterthought when I said no, because I was pretty much, as you see me now, I was like coming off of another shoot. I was all sweaty. I'm like, okay, how can I help? Can I be, you know, you need an operator? Cause I can do that. Uh, uh, and literally Prince, you know, he gives you that look like, how about Scott? And I'm like, mm -mm. <laughs> quick, take your pants off. Go in there. <laughs> I, you know, I wouldn't, and I'm glad I did because this, I don't, I don't think this would have happened with me and, uh, in uh, speedos, but uh, you know it could have. And then what? Uh, I mean, your career would have taken a turn. That's uh -huh. not not necessarily true because he edited it. He could edit anything he wanted to. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. You, can photo, you can Photoshop anything. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I want to talk about you know, when you're talking about get off specific specifically. One of the things is is that it's 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 a pretty raunchy song. It, did does he ever and this kind of goes across all the songs give you 
the lyrics to a song so you can kind of at least get a little bit of an idea of where you're going or how you want to shoot something? Uh, no, no. Um, and <laughs> and just, just to clarify, uh, Get Off the Main Video uh, was directed by Randy and Marco Mezzia, I think, was the DP on this. So I wasn't involved in this video at all as far as any shooting. So just to clarify, because I think um, I want the, you know, the, the viewers to know that I, uh, but getting back to the get off compilation, everything else on that thing, I had a hand in um, mm -hmm. and getting to the, uh, the question of, of lyrics. No, I never got lyrics. And I also was, this is in 1990, 91, 91. This is before, um, this is before really any digital has been out. So I was expecting a reel to reel tape to listen to the song. My first, my first uh, song was gangster glam. So I went to the audio room and I said, okay, can I hear the tape? Can I hear the song? Right. And they gave, they, they pulled out a CD and I'm like, what is that? The first right. time I've ever seen a CD. <laughs> and so Prince was ahead of his time when it comes to digital and recording and, and, it sounded great. I'm like, this is amazing. Uh, but I don't know what this thing is. So it just holds media, which is fine by me. But uh, yeah, lyrics was not for me. And if uh, and if you look at Gangster Glam, uh, Tony, who's doing a lot of the rapping on that, he has a piece of paper in his hand. He needed the lyrics because he probably recorded that a year ago. <laughs> so he's like, okay, where am I? So you'll see it in the video where he had to kind of, okay, keep up. And we just sort of, we... The first thing I did was um, shoot in Prince's office, which was in the back and it had the, he had the desk and he had a bed and who doesn't have a bed in their office. Right. right. But you know, I was, <laughs> I was like, I actually do. I have a futon in my room. Wow. There you go. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, long so, night. Yeah. It's like, I, I, I knew that it was going to be all around his, I, I don't know if you have a still of that. Uh, in gangster glam where he's got his uh cherry shirt on i um, there is there is some there is a desk that i have a i don't have a screen capture of that okay specifically you're talking about but i do have a desk or a table shot that i want to ask you about and okay. i don't know I, i'm we'll see we'll see about where we're getting that but yeah well, yeah but go ahead it's uh my job was to where do i put the lights you know uh so mm. but luckily he had a lot of skylights and he had like a, uh, I can't remember if it was, a, it was a, an apron of some sort. Or he had a bunch of skylights. So I said, okay, bright, sunny day. We can shoot in here and I can work in color correction. So that's how we, we rolled with that. We just, I got the camera loaded up and we just did handheld all the way through that thing about three or four times and just shot. And it was so fun to just go from one person, another to another. And I was like, uh, you know, the joy of that was just something I'll never forget. And I do have a couple of screenshots of Gangsta Glam after uh, after yeah. we talk about Get Off House. Yeah, I just I just want to be fair to Randy and and Marco, um, yeah, because uh, you know I I you know I, I talked about how I draw and paint, and I remember the first day that I was going to start working with Prince, and he was in this outfit, kind of in the corner, just sort of staring out at the set, and I just remember him just sort of the way he looked and his poise and. And just the energy around him and all the people just sort of like in awe. And it's just, that's the one thing that I, I've always noticed whenever he walks into a place, it just sort of, the, the, the time sort of stalls a little bit. 
It feels mm-hmm. a little weird. So I still remember that. And I was like, that's when I made the scaffolding con- comment. And I'm like, this is just an amazing set. It looked amazing. And it's one of my favorite videos. And I, I give props to Randy because it was, uh, it was a, a struggle to do it because I know that the budget was mm-hmm. uh, limiting. We really appreciate the, uh, the the clarification. Anyways, we love that. We need yeah, that. it's it's That's you know important. I look back thirty years ago and I look at the credits and it's like it, there's a there's a little overlap because there were some things I shot and other stuff. But this was mm-hmm. this was definitely something that uh, I'm I'm just thrilled with to see and just you know it's one of my favorites. Well, now, where was this recorded at? You may have said that this is at this is at the main stage in in Paisley. Okay, so yeah, and when you see the. <clears throat> I, this Caligula type scene here and everything is just kind of just laid out. I mean, are you, are you just like, what, what am I looking at here? It's just, I mean, are you just kind of just taking everything in just like, wow, this is just, well, I think the song, the song was already released at the time. I wasn't sure if the video was done. I think the video was done after, but I kind of, I heard the song in a bumper or something. I knew what it was about. And so I, I just, with all these scantily clad people, I think they had maybe 50 or 60, maybe even a hundred. I don't know, but you know, it was about sex and it was about all these different levels of different uh, ideas, 23 positions in a one night stand. So that's kind of the theme. And I wasn't a part of the, uh, the creation of the idea of the video, but yeah, I looked at that and I was like, there's lots of stuff going on here. (laughs) And I remember the MTV awards that, that the associate producer said, well, we're going to have to not show the background very much because who knows what's going to go on on live right. TV. <laughs> yeah, I could imagine the fear. Yeah. And my apologies to Funkatopia and Christy Tucker, who actually had a question about Sexy MF that we already talked about. She said, uh, do you know why Prince chose the three cars in Sexy MF of all of his other cars? <laughs> well, I think I think the, the Chiquita Yellow beam, Beamer was his. Uh, the other two were the uh, Tonys and I think... Um, not sure who the other cars was, but it was, it was the band members car. So he just, you know, it was available prop without having to, you know, ship it from a storage place. I don't know that that's, those are the, that's just, they they were there. That's kind of what happens with Prince is like things just show up. You know, (laughs) I was doing a thing with Carmen Electra and all of a sudden there's a, a jar of honey. I don't know why, but I can't tell you why it was there because I can't, tell you <laughs> i've heard well, different stories with him basing her on and, that and by another, the time, time, shoot, another time another time he was gone <laughs> but yeah so so there's there's another uh there's another uh, uh avenue of of things happening that i'm not aware of and plans that have been laid months ahead of time mm-hmm. so for get off house style you were the director of photography for this correct. one correct yeah so this is actually a really interesting um, it's, it's so different obviously from the lyrics are somewhat similar, but it's a totally different vibe mm-hmm. on this. And you've already seen get off. Right. What was done what Randy did with get off. How, I mean, how do you well, such a disparate vision? Yeah. Of- this was, this was uh Randy, I think, directed this as well. I was a DP, so I was, I was kind of thrown into the wolf's den because I didn't know what was going on. Uh, when I got the call to do this, it was uh, to be all blue screen. And I'm hmm. thinking, okay. And to sh- if anyone's been at Paisley Park, 
Studio C is kind of a tiny space when you think about it. So we shot all this in Studio C. Wow. That yeah. Is wow. So immediately I'm on the phone. How big of a green blue screen can we put up? And they had one that was all wrinkly. And, uh, you know, I called my best friend, Tim Launder, and I said, Tim, I need your help. And so I, I gave him a steamer and he started working on it. Mm. And then about an hour and a half later, uh, Randy or Prince came in and said, we want to put all these reflective uh, mannequin heads in the scene. And I, I had to do my part to say, look, all the, everything that's reflective is going to reflect blue and you're not right. going to be happy about that. So I had to say, look, if, if you have an alternative, I think you just do it in a black void. That way you can do anything you want with reflective surfaces. And the, the compromise was the big uh, six foot by eight foot picture frame that they had uh, shot in front of it. This is wow. Studio C for those who uh, are... No, it's a, 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 the Studio C is like the, the dance studio. Maybe I got oh, the name right. It was Studio C online. <clears throat> That's why I just um, looked at Right. It's like the dance rehearsal stage with uh, the mirrors. Yeah, okay, I'll um, see it that for you. Yeah, well, it's oh, well. Uh, it's where they have uh, yeah. the uh, the purple rain room now for the museum. Right. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. That, yeah. I've always called it Studio C. I'm probably mistaken by that. Yeah. So that that's that small room, and I'm like, okay, now what? So we hang in lights. We're hanging lights, and and uh, you know the girls from. I think select amount of girls from the actual video from the real, from the, from the main get off. Um, right. Was, uh, was brought in and then the props were brought in and we had, you know, we took a dolly and we went the entire length that we could do. And we just, I just told the dolly guy to go as fast as he can. And if he slipped, I'd be in that wall. Another mm -hmm. near death experience, but uh, yeah. everyone did their part and, uh, again, two weeks later, we shot the reverse angle that of Diamond and Pearl in their blue outfits. So we had to go back in and relight, <laughs> but we didn't have the same instruments that we had before because what we had on the stuff with, with Prince was there's a light called Lico, which is like a focusable beam of light that you can actually throw, uh, throw quite a distance and still maintain a lot of its intensity, but without mm -hmm. all the spill. We didn't have those at the time we shot the girls. So we had to improvise all sorts of other tricks and things with snoots. And it's just, we did it. Uh, but it's like things just sort of come up last minute most of the time. Wow. So, and, and a couple of questions about this, this video um, for house style. I mean, um, there are some images of Prince driving around yeah. uh, Diamond and Pearl with blindfolds and, and some other driving shots. Where, where were those filmed for some of the driving shots? That was, uh, we shot uh, um, them driving from Paisley Park to the Galpin House. So that's uh, that road there. And then on this driveway, which is kind of, it kind of takes a meander and then it does a circle. And then the house is no longer there. But uh, that was, you know, we shot, um, I think the, uh, the, my, my assistant camera person had a moonroof. And so I, I stood on his passenger seat shooting over his car in front of Prince's car as we're driving along Galpin Road. <laughs> and we, you know, I said, okay, turn on all your interior lights because I don't have anything. Wow. I don't have time. He's like, he wants to shoot this now. And I'm like, I, I need a battery power. Nope. Okay, turn on all your dome lights. Let's just shoot. And that's kind of the thing that uh, he was like, 
I want to get this done now. And then we, we go into his house and I'm still waiting for a light. You know, I don't have a light at all. And we're in Prince's house and, and it's at night. And so I'm like got two or three, I think I had ordered two lights. I got two crew members. I got a, so not, not anything as compared to, you know, get off. Mm-hmm. I've got, that's always the case. I never really had a huge crew for what I did. Everyone else had the crews. <laughs> like, right. Okay. Let's just make it happen. And so I would, you know, what could I plug into the wall at Prince's house? Because I, I, I don't have a generator. I can't put a big light up because I'll blow circuits and, you know, who wants that? Uh, so I had to wait for lights to show up from another car that was at Paisley getting lights. And so while I was waiting, Prince just got on his piano and played me a little bit of his Mozart. And I was like, just standing there with, you know, my tennis shoes and jeans and t-shirt, you know, and my gloves going, oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> right. And I, I, you know, the run regret is I never really thanked him, you know, like it's been, you know, seeing that and just the moment to just sort of show appreciation would have been great. But I, I was just like, I need my lights now. <laughs> so, mm, right. Yeah. I got I mean, work to do. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's just, that's you. you're always focused on getting the job done. Uh, it wasn't playtime for me because, you know, mm-hmm. I know he was hiring the best in the world to work around me. And that's, that's kind of like what I, what I was trying to do is try to make inroads with them as well as with me. And I try to do a good job for the people that he brought in. If I was a, uh, if I was a, a second cameraman for a, a DP that was brought in from LA, I'm, my purpose is to do a good job for the DP mm-hmm. as needed. And same thing for Prince. But I was like, I'm, I'm for the team. I'm for this ball of energy called Prince. So whatever you need me to do, I'm there for you. Yeah. Love that. Love that. We have filmmaker, director, Scott McCullough with us. Who we're talking about some of his work with Prince. We got uh, quite a few more questions, but, you know, we're trying to work through them quickly. But there's one more <laughs> question I did have about how style. Uh, there is a one little clip that is kind of strangely inserted into this video that I'm trying to get the story on with this. It is like this really quick thing that happens uh, for those who are on audio. It's a glass table and it's got a a mirror with prints with his hand over one eye and it's got a camera behind him. What's going and it's, and it's really low resolution, obviously compared to the rest of the video. What's the story of this little insert all, here. all all i heard was prince walked around with his home camera and shot stuff inside his house and that's kind of his house so you see the walls is lots of wood wood paneling um, something i would not expect when you look at paisley at the time it was all white and polished but this this was like a cabin it was just the opposite side of the coin so mm-hmm. he shot little things like him in this mirror and he's there's pictures of his father there's other things like the bedroom uh, kind of establishing shots, just sort of Prince likes to create this mystery. So if he's able to open up parts of his life to people that um, this is what that was. And he cut it in uh, on his own accord. I think uh, uh, the editor probably didn't, you know, want to do something with the footage. I probably would have cleaned up whatever it was in the floor on the back there, but Prince just shot what he wanted and put it in because his fans want a piece of any sort of, Easter egg that they can find. And this is an Easter egg that he put in there. And I don't think there's a reason why. I think that's just another testament to the uh, Prince being ahead of his time. He had the selfies before selfies were. So, (laughs) yeah, 
yeah. always working, always, uh, always uh, thinking about, mm -hmm. you know, what can go into what. I mean, we would shoot something, uh, and it would think it'd be for one thing, but never assume anything. You know, see, how I brought it back around. Yeah, right. yeah. You see what you did there. Yeah. I know we talked about gangsta glam, so let's go ahead and, and go back to gangsta glam here. Yeah. Uh, just because what's interesting about this is that uh, most of the video that you see in the video, anyways, is shot outside of Paisley Park, the front of Paisley Park. So it's right there for, for those who have never been to Paisley Park. Uh, I've always envisioned when before I went there, I always envisioned Paisley Park being like way off the road. Like you kind of have to, I think the way that it's kind of shot, sometimes it looks like it's way back. And it's really not. You, no, you it looks like a warehouse fulfillment center. Yeah, you, you turn to the left and it's like right there. You wouldn't expect a recording studio to be that close to a road, but it's it really is right there. Mm -hmm. um, it, because of the fact that this is shot right out in front of Paisley Park in full visibility of everybody that's driving down that main road, did, did, did that present any challenges at all? Not at all. I, I don't even remember a, a, a car driving by honking. Really? Um, yeah, it was it was just sort of where this is the set, you know, it's this big studio. Uh, our big concern was shooting before the sun went down. As you can see, the angle of the light is pretty low right now. Mm -hmm. It's gorgeous, but we only have an hour before it's, you know, we can't shoot. We need to then go to we had uh, on the left side of frame here out of frame is a bank of lights, nine lights and, you know, tens of thousands of watts of lights ready for the night part, which the crew was setting up while we're shooting this stuff because we knew we wanted to get more shoot, shooting done at this particular location. Mm. Wow. That's just, oof. that's just amazing stuff. I mean, it's, well, and it's like, I remember this too. It's like, it's the flashbacks, right? <laughs> it's like, yeah. Oh my God, I remember this. So it's like, we were just panicking because, um, I think Red White, who was the facility manager at the time, I think maybe Danny Soltis was also there. I'm not sure. But I remember Red White racing around, taking out the weeds between the cracks of the sidewalk because, you know, it's, you know, this is happening now. We got to do it now. And he was running around with a little knife. I'm like, this is just crazy. <laughs> the guy who's running the stage wow. footprints is doing this because we are running out of time. And mm. I got to give a shout out to Kathleen Scoville, who is uh, who's the producer on this. And she looked out for me because there was, you know, I'm a new guy in town. I'm just starting out. I got an opportunity. There was some of the crew people are people that I used to work for. Um, there would be either grips or keys or gaffers that were working with me. And they were, they were wondering why I had an opportunity to do this. And Kathy sort of put that at bay and saying, this is not your time. This is his time, you know, stand down. And that really helped. Wow. That's awesome. This is a really, really cool. Uh, cool show. And just so we're clear, Scott, to kind of give you a little bit of relaxation, we're not going to go through every single video you touched. Well, we can keep going. <laughs> I may have to take a potty break, but I, you know, I'm here for you. <laughs> uh, all right. Here's a fan favorite, which is Violet the Organ Grinder. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, let's talk about this one. You were the director of photography for this video, Violet the Organ Grinder. Uh, just the title itself is, is I've got to hear what this song was about. Now this, so, yeah. Let's talk about this video. And, uh, it has like a few faces of Prince in this one. Yeah. Uh, 
starting yeah. out with him behind bars. But let's talk about this one for a second. Yeah, this this was uh, uh, this was obviously when you go back to the the main get off video. There's three f- stories of floors. It's like U shaped and it's like probably ten feet deep. So on every one of these stories is a little scenario. This was one of those scenarios that was set up as a sort of like a, a dungeon. Wait, and hold a second, wait a second. Hold on, we're going to go back here. Are you serious? Hold on, I'm going to go yeah. back. So yeah. So hey. if you look, you know, you got Levi on the right in the gold frame. You got Mike on right. the drums. But if you look above it, there's a bed up there, and something is happening up there. But it's a couple. It's a girl. It's a guy. It's a bunch of people. They're having simulated something. Right. Mm-hmm. And then if you, I mean, you'd have to look at the whole video because if you, on the right. floor, there's people doing things. Uh, you know, it's just these little scenarios within the video. Uh, this would be a great question to ask Randy when you bring her on, because uh, this is, uh, you know, this was one of those. If we go back to the Violet, um, still. That was that particular uh, dungeon, the jail was on the second floor. So we're shooting straight on it. So we had to be on oh. a lift to get up there. And that lift is one of these lifts that was kind of wobbly. So if I try to do something cool with the camera, it would kind of repercussion of a sort of like a, a you know, cause and reaction. So mm-hmm. I couldn't quite do a lot of stuff because it would be like a mistake or else I really do something crazy. But this is a, a great ex- example of when you see something that's beautiful, don't change it. Uh, mm-hmm. Because I was a director of photography, um, Randy was shooting stills for the tour book. And so these were part of these sort of scenarios. And I think what happened is Prince said, I think there's something here. I thought Randy did. I don't know what, but let's shoot. Let's while we have this setup let's shoot a section of this song for the video compilation. And so this, this became that. And then we did the same thing on the bed and we did the same thing with the swing. Uh, So three different scenes that was simple. Um, But Randy's such a, a a great photographer that, um, and she uses uh, if if there's photographers listening or or watching, there's, there's two different types of, of, of photography or, you know, there's probably more, but, the main thing is you either use hot lights or use flash and mm-hmm. flashes is what the, when the trigger of the, of the still camera goes off, the, the light comes on, it's bright. Randy uses um, hot at this time. She uses hot lights, which are always on at the same, you know, at the level that you see right here, there's no flash. So this is the light that you see and it's low light, but it's also enough for exposure. So we were able to go in and I was like, why would I change anything? You know, just let's get a camera and shoot something because this is gorgeous. And it happened with the other stuff too. So it's, it's like uh, sometimes you just got to sit back and let, let the process be itself and allow that magic to happen. And for those who didn't understand that nuance was that he was saying that the get off video has a several different scenes on the actual set of get off and each one of these spinoff videos focuses on those scenes on that set. And this, <laughs> so this particular one is uh vile, the organ grinder, which was on the top part of the, the get off. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And they're, they're not going to, they're not going to take that set and move it. So it's convenient for us to shoot. Right. 
So we go to it and they had big statues on the side. Uh, and you know, I don't know. I mean, there was, uh, there was talk that there was a concern that because I was shooting this stuff that the original DP was concerned that I was going to take over and shoot other stuff, rightfully so, because I'd, I'd feel the same way. It's like, why is somebody shooting when I'm not shooting on my set? So, right. uh, you know, that's, that's, you know, obviously I was, I was not, I was doing something different, but wow, that's, uh, you know, girls painted in gold and, uh, you know, how can you go wrong? Yeah. It's just really, really cool. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's, there's so many different things that are, uh, I mean, and of course, this is another look from that from that same yeah. video. But yeah, I just uh, well, it's like every time we do the show, Jeff, we learn something new <laughs> that is just uh, like just, just didn't see that coming at all. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. uh, and, and I think I think the crew uh, sort of alleviated any sort of concern from the other team that was supposed to, you know, that did the other stuff. It's just. Sometimes it's just you're you're just kind of along for the ride, and and I try to do the best I can so that we all look good, um, and serve the purpose of the shoot, not only for Randy but not to upset any other people that are working there. So uh, I really tried hard to just stay out of their way and be as as uh, much of a collaborator as I possibly can. But sometimes Prince would just say, "Let's do something," and you know, people get feathers ruffled. It happens. Right. And well, you know, at the end of the day and you know, that the cliche at the end of the day, it's really about the project, not the individual people anyways. And, and that's the way I feel about film too. It's like you, you have a group of people working hard and they're very specific um, disciplines and what they're supposed to do. And they're, they've got their thing, but uh, we all have to come together at one specific time in, in the world and make it, make some magic happen. So right. I love what I do and I love it when it works and it's not rocket science. It's not surgery. We're making pictures and it should be exciting. It should be motivating for, for fun and, and creativity. And mm -hmm. I just miss doing all this stuff that was just like so exciting to be a part of. And when everyone kind of contributes, that's when it's great. Now that <laughs> obviously brings us to call the law. Yeah, we've got a this, lot of this. Stuff. This is what is this? This is probably diamond, uh, cream, or dimes and pearls, right? Yeah, it's actually actually okay. Yeah, okay. What, what we get. There we go. It's, it's out of order here. Uh, yeah, call the loss. We got you know lots done on the Paisley Park property, but there's also you know all these street shots. Mm -hmm. Um, and it looks like you're in the middle. Of, you got this whole crew in the middle of the road here. Yeah, Plymouth um, Avenue. Okay, I was going to ask exactly yeah. where this was at. I was trying to find that. Uh, I guess it's called Toron Center or whatever. That obviously does not exist anymore. No. Uh, but uh, yeah, this is really. No, it's like it's like Highway 55 that goes dumps into the Minneapolis, and it it had a kind of a at the time a probably one of the better views of Minneapolis, but it was also part of the community. Uh, it's a call. The law was about. The black community, it's about, uh, you know, how the law is is kind of watching you a little bit closer because you're black. It's, North Minneapolis had some problems at the time. Not that it's not having problems now, but we're living in a culture now that we're, we're, we're not so united. And this was part of that sort of let's get the community together and let's have a party. Let's have a black party and let's let's close the street and shoot something where it's like the, so the song is called Call the Law. Um, in my concept, this is one that I did fully through, 
where I said, look, let's just have a party that kind of make get out of hand. So let's call the law on our own party so we can actually, uh, you know, calm things down. Right. <laughs> so there's some hidden meanings in there that hopefully people will get, but it's, it's, it's a performance video. We want to be on the street. Uh, so we got uh, the band members here. Prince is not in this uh, scene, uh, but the intercut to um, some performance that we did at the, the, the rehearsal stage of Call of the Law. Yeah, it's yeah. There was some stuff. I, I was just really because I don't remember any video being shot like this among the collection of videos that that's out there where it's just kind of. I mean, this is obviously a new NPG spin here, but uh, I look at those outfits. Yeah, <laughs> that's one of the things you immediately notice is just like obviously Prince was not <laughs> Tommy <laughs> or whatever. Tommy better have that. I gotta, I gotta say, do you have that that lime green unitard that you were wearing? <laughs> oh my gosh! All right, so uh, we've got one more video to talk about. Um, obviously, the the piece de resistance. Well, one video we're going to talk about as far as videos are concerned, uh, and that's diamonds and pearls. Mm -hmm. um, I, I kind of want to talk a little bit about where this one was shot as far as the intro is concerned. Let me play this little bit of the intro. There's no music involved, but it's... Um, is it's, it of Diamonds and Pearls? Yes. Okay, I, I didn't work on that. That was before my time. The actual video of Diamonds and Pearls. Right, yeah, correct. So you don't know where this one was shot? As <laughs> Yeah, that was uh, Oops, sorry. Rebecca Blake shot or uh, directed that. And I don't know who the DP was. I unfortunately was this again. This was before I got my call to say join in. Um, mm -hmm. But I think that's at the Los Angeles. Um, I think uh, the Grand Central Station in Los Angeles, the central station there, I think, because that's where the performance was. It would make sense of a shoot there. But that that would be something I, I wasn't a part of. I don't I can't speak yeah. to because that because also I was I showed this picture earlier about you know this huge stage it's like where are these yeah that's city hall that's city hall okay. they shot that at night I know that because Rob told me that uh, they built these um, I'm pointing at the screen like you can see what I'm pointing at but <laughs> on the right hand side are these uh, alcoves that they built uh, for the the musicians to play on so that's city hall and I think city hall probably is where the other scene that you showed was probably at. Mm. Wow. So when you think about his videos in general, I mean, there is a lot of motion and choreography in his videos. And I mean, uh, to try to figure out a way to properly word this, but how controlling is Prince when he's like kind of working alongside of you directing these videos? Well, it's, it's controlling is, is I go back to the idea of understanding you know, uh, that he's, uh, that he's got a, a sense of what he wants to do. And you should, you know, understand it's like a performance. Like we did the, uh, um, like when we worked at studio C, it was a rehearsal where we did call, uh, part of the call of the law, but we also did willing and able was done there mm -hmm. too. Um, and so controlling is more of like, I don't know if it's that, but he, he knows what he wants, but he's not going to sit around and wait for it. That makes sense. Mm. 
Sorry, yeah, it's yeah, I, I that makes that makes perfect sense. I mean, right. I mean, I know that Prince is not a videographer, but it seems like uh, he definitely is involved in a lot oh, of the for sure. Oh, yeah, and he he was he was very involved in lighting. Um, in in the get off video where we have the bumpers where he's looking at the TV screen, um, and and it just is so underlit, it's horrible. <laughs> but he always said to me. I don't want to have any light. I don't want to have any light. I want to be dark. And I said, but Mr. Prince, you need exposure on the film because he's remember he directed, uh, you know, he's, he's been in film. He knows what he's talking about, but right. he wanted the mood to be for him, for his performance where we could have done that in transfer. Um, so just the connection of that, where it's like, I didn't want to fight him too much on that. I just said, uh, you know, we really need a little bit of light so we can expose the film. And that was the end of the discussion. And he would say, turn that light off because he wanted it dark and he wanted to feel that darkness for his whatever it was. And so he uh, would would, uh, you know, have that motivation. And then we would go into correction. I remember when we did uh, 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 Violet, the organ grinder, when he saw that footage, he was like a kid in the candy store. He was so happy about it because it looked great and it was just everything that he was about. And I love that. It's just, you know, that needed exposure too. We had big lights. Uh, when you're doing stuff with three people, it's a different situation. Wow. Absolutely. Now it seems like he, everybody that's ever worked with him, he's always seemed to impart a lot of wisdom on people. Is there like a specific piece of advice that he's given you maybe regarding life or even as a filmmaker or director that you still reference to this day? I really think it's that, that, never assume anything, never, uh, never do that. Never, never think that somebody is saying something or doing something that, uh, you think until you actually hear it firsthand. Uh, I had a, I had a, a question come up because there's like some abrasion between me and someone else on set, you know, um, I'm not going to say who, but he pulled me aside and said, so what's your problem with such and such? Or what's, what's your, what's your thing with such and such? And I said, my problem is, he said, stop, never, this person's name and the word problem should never be in the same sentence. I was like, mm -hmm. okay, I understand that. You know, so we're not, I'm not going to get anywhere. So let's just continue working. So don't fight a battle you can't win, you know, or you don't, don't try to try to accept the situation as it is. And understand that we are making pictures. We are, we should work together. And sometimes it's just, you just have to just brush, roll it off your back. And that's kind of what I got out of that was like, let's, let's just not take it so seriously. Mm. Mm -hmm. Only a few more questions. The live at Glam Slam concert that you shot. Um, yeah, the main thing. Yeah, the big one. <laughs> the big one. Big right. one. Um, now, I believe if I remember correctly, two celebrations ago, they did a Prince live at the big screen at Paisley park with NPG playing live along with the footage. Were you involved in any of that production at all? At Paisley park? Uh, yes. As part of that, the, the live on the big screen. No, but no, I, I, I wanted to go. I thought I was going to be a part of it. I think um, all I knew was, that particular show was the band was playing 
against footage of the glam slam. Correct. And I, I remember, remember I, I mentioned that I was doing, uh, helping the state just sort of locate where footage was and what it was and where it was. Right. And I said, okay, we well, guys need to do something with this. It'd be, this is, you know, this is unique. Nobody's seen Prince in a club setting five feet away, one take, and we've got all the stuff rolling. And I think it'd be great to do this. So I think that bug was planted, that seed was planted and they created that. And then I think they did a couple of concerts before that with other live shows and the band playing along with. Um, so when I heard that that particular show was at the celebration in 22, mm -hmm. I was like, good. Wait, is that good? Because I shot it. So uh, <laughs> right. is there credits? <laughs> right. is, I, I've not seen right. a thing. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know how it's cut. Uh, and they're showing it. So it's like the, you know, it, it's a, again, you're servicing the bigger picture, you know, the, the legend, the icon. And so mm -hmm. that's what they did for the celebration. But I think they, they saw something uh, further with that. They saw a lot of legs with that. And I think that's where it sort of became something bigger when they went back to the film and said, okay, let's, let's maybe look into this. I wasn't a part of the editorial of this this uh, glam slam thing, but it was uh, it was quite um, uh, quite thrilling to see it. Uh, I saw a rough cut um, on a horrible screen, without great sound, <laughs> and I'm like, it looked great, it sounded great. So I'm like, I think we got something really good here. So I was thrilled that it's it's actually going to be seen because uh, again, people always talk about when Prince used to go to these clubs and do club shows and how fun they were and how interesting and how, uh, how tight he is with the band. Mm -hmm. And remember glam slam is a very small club. It's like a 20 by 15 stage. Mm -hmm. And he had like, I think at one time, 20 people on that stage, the drums, the keyboard, everyone is the diamonds and pearls tour oh. right there. Horn section. <laughs> the steels were on there too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, okay, how are they going to fit all these people on here? And, and you know, Literally, there's, there's, you know, people are, there's security, but you go right up to the stage and there's Prince, like right there. And I think that that experience of seeing him um, uh, perform and, you know, like be a, a conductor, the band was just so tight. And I was like, I, I, I can't wait to see it. I mean, I'm just like, I got my order in. I'm like, I, I shot the thing and I haven't seen it, you know, when it, it's all's glory. So, I would love to <laughs> right. really love to see that. Yeah. So I can't wait. Yeah. It's a, it's like, I, I know there's something special there that I think will go a long way. So the, the glam slam concert is the one that's going to be included with the, with the diamonds and pearls super deluxe. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And we shot that. Uh, they, they just, that was in the vault, I think for 32 years. And that, uh, that was shot with five cameras and they had a 24 track recording of it. So the, 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 the audio is amazing with that. So it, they remixed everything and then they, uh, they retransferred all the film. We staggered the shooting so that we would start one camera later. So we would never have, it's still film. It's not video. And I had one take. So it's like I had, I had brought in two other cameramen that I, I knew and trusted Kathleen again, she produced it. And we had all of our crew, uh, all of our gear in our boxes out in the hallway because there's no room in that club. We had, I think, one camera with on track, and then we had two cameras stationary. We had two other cameras 
standing by for handheld use. And uh, I would, the time it would take to take the camera off, rebalance it and put it onto a handheld mode would take too long. So I said, I need another camera that's ready to go. I could just pick it up, turn it on and shoot because I don't want to miss a thing. Get mm -hmm. your slate and go. Um, and I remember I, uh, Prince getting up on the bar and doing part of the performance. Yep. And I was up on the bar with him. And mm. I didn't ask for permission to do that. I just told the guys, I'm going to go up here when he comes up. And I walked away. And if I would have asked for permission, I probably would never have done that. Right. You know, would, we wouldn't right. have got that scene. But I was up there holding the camera while Prince is doing part of, I think, Baby, I'm a Star. I'm not sure what, what song it is. But it's a moment that is kind of like uh, I'll never forget. And I look back at it. I was like, uh, you know, it took some guts, but it's also like, I know what he wants. I think it was like, get what you can and, and take some chances. I think that's partly what I got out of it. It's like, you, you have to take chances. You have to trust your crew. You have to trust your director. And I think he trusted me in order to just make some decisions to do that. Mm. So did the estate come to you and say, Hey, this, this is going to be included in the, in the diamonds of Earl's or did you find out about it? Like everybody else? Oh, that's going to be in there? like everyone else. Yeah. I, oh. I knew that they're working on something. I, I just, you know, hmm. I, you know, I, I, I don't know what's going on. And if I did, I, I couldn't talk about it, but you know, literally I'm like, I hope they do something. And I was hoping for years because I was trying to help them organize the vault. And hmm. I said, Hey, there's something here. And then I went on, I'll bought my business. COVID happened. And then um, I get a note saying, Hey, we're going to do something with this. I'm like, that's awesome. But you can't tell anyone. Well, I knew something was happening. I never saw it. So, right, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm thrilled that people are going to see it because it's like how I felt when I was working with them, you know, just, just in the moment and fun. And again, one take, I mean, I know Taylor Swift has this thing coming out, but that was shot over a period of days with many, many cameras and it's yeah. going to be gorgeous and brilliant and fun. And uh, I wish I had that, you know, but I yeah. didn't. So maybe I got, maybe I got the, in the moment, as it happened without any retakes. And that's what I'm hoping that that energy is, is there with the, with the great color correction, with the great sound in uh, Atmos uh, Dolby. And yeah. I hope it just goes wildfire. Yeah, the only thing I can remember now, even though I do remember when that bar scene happened, uh, I, I remember that going, wow, that was a really, really cool shot. I've never seen See, it. You've seen it more than I have. <laughs> Yeah, I, because they played it at the celebration, and they had yeah. PG playing in sync with with the actual video. So you weren't the only audio that was pulled from uh, the only audio that was pulled from the film was his vocals because it was pulled from the board. Right. It was his vocals and then whatever he played, and they had Tommy Barbarella on the stage. They had NPG on the stage. They had on the stage, and they recreated with a sync track, they recreated everything that was there except for Prince's parts. And how was that? That must have been amazing. It fantastic. It was. Wow. It's fantastic. It was like seeing a live concert. It really oh, was. Really amazing. Just without Prince That's being really concert. cool. And yeah. they did that before with um, the show that happened in LA. I guess it was the, I can't remember which of Musicology Tour, I think it was. And they, anyways, they, they redid that also. They did the same exact thing and they brought, you know, Donna Grantison and I mean, uh, mm -hmm. uh, 
I'm sorry, uh, Eden Nielsen in, and they brought it. So they've done this before. So it was really, really cool to kind of see this happen. So I, I'm really interested in hearing the audio, the full oh, yeah. audio that was on that. But the only thing that I, I, I do remember about the video is that the lighting that was inside of that club was, I guess it was just, it was not brighter than I think that it needed to be, but yep. that may be something else that they, they probably handled during the end. Yeah, they, they did go back and what you saw was, was probably just a standard uh, correction or standard HD. They went to 4k, I'm told, mm -hmm. uh, wow. transferred to 4k so that they can actually reposition and mm -hmm. really work the color, which I think is amazing that they would go that far. If it's 2k, it's still like, 10 times better than what you probably saw because you can actually there's tricks now in software that can actually kind of engage the pixels and make them better. The AI software that I use for my reel. Cause I remember yeah. I've been doing commercials like target. I started, I did a commercial for target that helped land the account for the agency at the time. Um, $25,000 budget that was shot back. in. this is like my first gig after Prince. I was like, okay, I'm doing commercials now I'm moving on. And I, I look at that film and I go, Ugh, it's standard def and it's like grainy, but you know, at least I was able to light it. Mm. Now I can go on an AI and I can fix some of that. So going back to the, what you saw, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's a completely different rendition of the film. They cleaned it. They, they transferred it. Uh, they at a high resolution and then they used the 24 track recordings and they remixed it all with Atmos. Now I wish I could have, you know, that, that show was, I think I got a, I got a call like three hours, four, four hours before we're, he was going to go on stage. So literally get your cameras, put them in position. I couldn't light anything. The only thing I could do is get a, what they call a sun gun, like a, you know, like what we did with to light prints on the bar because I couldn't hang any lights. I couldn't put any lights in for when the, the stage goes dark, it goes dark. You can't see anything. Right. Well, yeah. you really should have had audience lights. Mm -hmm. And Something, I mentioned yeah. it, but it was, it was, it was not in the cards because that would take time and crew and we didn't have that. So, yeah. But on the same note, it really did create this raw energy throughout the whole video. Like you oh, really, were, you know, it really Absolutely. gave the club atmosphere. It was very, yeah. very captured. That's, every that's what I, that's why that, you know, sometimes mistakes are to be embraced. And I <laughs> think that that's, you know, that's, uh, that's a, that's a good thing. I mean, we can't change it now. It's 30, you know, I would love to go back and reshoot it, <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. but you know, no one can replace him. So what we got is what we got. And to have this come out, I think people will see a personal side of him and interacting with the band that nobody's seen before. And I think that that's, that's just going to be uh, uh, quite, uh, quite, a, I, I'm hoping for the best response I can get, you know? Right. Uh, that's definitely where the gold is that's that's the point that's that's where all the diamonds are hiding yeah 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 I, i'm really excited for it because i think it's going to you know shine definitely shine a spotlight on your work once this gets released and this is out there this is going to be mm -hmm. really well you have to remember too i kind of i looked you know when i saw the the very very rough cut i'm like i i was i feel like i was in a blackout phase you know i was like i i know i did it but it's like there's like you know I was on stage and I was this and I was behind the guys and I was, I, it must've been just chaos. And it, it's uh, you know, I just was in this sort of autopilot from all this prep that I've done before. 
and you know, I had luckily I had a great crew. Kathleen Scoville was there. I think Greg Stever was a cameraman. I think Bill Felker was a cameraman there. And I th there's a crew that that was, you know, Minneapolis crews are amazing. I've, I've been out in LA for about 23 years now, and I still look at Minneapolis crews as one of the best. It's they're they're on on it, and they they are. There's no attitude. It's like let's get the job done. Let's work hard and do it. So. I miss those days when I was working with James Productions and Jim Lund and all those guys there because they looked out for you. And I think that that, you know, when you get into some of the stuff that's happening now with, with bigger productions, it's like a huge elephant that you have to drag into production. And to, to, to do something simple, you have to, you know, everyone just runs out and does their job. But it's like, I just want to do a pickup shot over here and I got to wait for this, this and that. So it's just my little beef I, I want to move faster <laughs> and i mean you shot a lot of stuff from that era i mean is there anything that you shot that you were like not what's coming out here with the glam slam show but is there anything else that you shot that you're like oh my god i wish they would release yes I yes know. um daddy pop there's only a little bit of the show they used it for the live show they played on the screen on his tour when he went on diamonds and pearls there was daddy pop i think it opened the show as part of the show where the Diamonds and Pearls tour where that song came up and the video I shot was on the screens. Kind of like what you're saying, that's a celebration. Right. Um, but I know there's, there was three cameras. We shot probably how many costume changes or probably seven or eight costume changes for Prince. So mm. we've got all that footage that could be a great video. Mm. And wow. so I've been, I've been lobbing requests to edit the thing for free <laughs> We'll right. see what happens, but I, I know it would be, that'd be a great video. And I think there would be a great video of, of the rehearsals of diamonds and pearls. And then the culmination of, of what we did with glam slam and then the big arena stages all kind of cut together. I have an idea for that. Uh, but it's, you know, it's, it's a, it's a big, it's a corporation, you know, hopefully they'll, they'll, uh, they'll call me in and say, what do you think? <laughs> but right. there's, we're talking this, this what, let's put this in perspective. We're talking about a period of time for like two, two and a half, three years, maybe. And then when you look at the breadth of how much Prince has done from mm -hmm. start to end, it blows your mind. I mean, I could never think of, you know, musicology and every one of these eras that he's done, they've got all this stuff for. So, and they're not kidding. There's so much stuff that can be released, but it takes, it takes wise minds and, people working together and hopefully the, the estate and the, the record labels are all like on board with a lot of it because I think it's, there's the fans are going to love it because it just you know, shows you something new that was lost. This footage was lost for me. I'm like the biggest uh, it's a, it's a, such a huge thing for me to see this and have it come mm -hmm. out because it's like, that is like the, the pinnacle. I was on stage in London with him shooting diamonds and pearls to the concert. Um, that was another one, but you know, I shot it. I just never seen the footage. So, yeah, because mm. I saw you mentioned that you had the you shot the Diamonds and Pearls concert tour rehearsals and also the Europe tour rehearsal films mm -hmm. from '91 and '92. So, I mean, that's. I mean, do you think those will ever see the light of day? I mean, you, you obviously can't really say. No, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, there's probably other eras that they're probably going to want to explore. I would think, you know, um, but I don't know. Uh, it's last Prince question. The Netflix print special. 
Do you know anything about it? Were you ever interviewed for it or any clips that are you aware no, of? I mean, I'm in, I'm involved in all the circles, circles. You are probably the people that reach out for yeah. I've, I've heard about it, but I I've never been asked anything about it or to be involved hmm. with it. Hmm. All right. Well, a little couple of clothing things here. You there's, you mentioned that there was a high profile motion picture from Sony and universal that is coming out in fall of 2023. Can you tell us what that is? That, that is this, that is this. I think you have an older bio that I couldn't mention what it is. So I think I, I said, oh, there's something coming out. I can't tell you what it is, but um, now that's been updated because now everyone knows because they put a promo up. So yay me. Right. <laughs> so Sony, I wasn't sure who was, who was got their, who had their hands in it. So it's Sony and universal. Okay. No, I, I think I, I'm probably wrong on that. I think it's Sony and Warner brothers. Obviously Warner brothers has been through Prince's career. So Mm -hmm. I think I have uh, fact check, fact correction. Uh, it's Sony and Warner Brothers. So, okay. So, so that's uh, who knows if they're going to do a, a. I would love it if they did a movie of that. If they did a screening of that, I, I would. I'm putting my, I'm putting my request for that. That would be great to do something like that. But you know, yeah, because right. not my, uh, not my lane. Yeah, because Lisa said, uh, do you think there's any concert footage that's theater worthy? I, I think depending on what they were able to accomplish with the editing, that this this could be. Mm -hmm. I'm hearing rumors that it's great. So I, I God, I hope. I really hope. But that's all I can really do unless I get called in. Yeah, yeah. You have my number. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what are you currently working on that people can watch out for? I mean, besides obviously the concert video that's coming out in Diamonds and Pearls uh, Super Deluxe. What you well, I've got, on? I've got a, you know, I've I've shifted into feature films, so I'm I've got uh, you know several projects coming up. I've got a. Um, a horror action film, a uh, horror heist film called 26 Floors, which is uh, in perpetual development stage right now. I've got uh, another film that is, I think I mentioned Shad Mishad, uh, his mm -hmm. film about his year in Vietnam, 1970, where he discovers uh, how to treat um, post-traumatic stress uh, mm -hmm. in his year in Vietnam. So that is a different take on Vietnam films when you're actually there treating uh, treating uh, soldiers coming right off this battlefield with injuries, mental and physical. Wow. Um, and then I got another one, which I'm really excited about called No Right Way, which is I'm directing. Uh, it's an urban film uh, about a black kid who gone wrong and, and has uh, been incarcerated for um, 12 years and gets out in time that he was in jail. He wrote three books, gets out and changes his uh, it's a story of redemption, changes his whole future. He wants to give back to the community. Uh, his name is Terrence uh, Gallman. I'm um, working with uh, Clay Ayers, who wrote that. Um, I'm working with uh, uh, Jack Soika, who's one of the producers on the project, and wow. uh, Stuart E. And so this team is putting together a project that's really uh, about how we can how we can really look at culture and how we can look at uh, you know uh, social economical economic. Uh, uh, misgivings and how we can, you know, understand that from the other side of the fence, see it from another mm -hmm. perspective. And I think that that's, that's, you know, it's about race. It's about poverty. It's about no right way. Is that what that what's that? Is that called no right way? No right way. Correct. Yes. And I think the one you were talking about with the PTSD, uh, was called that's Cap called cap. Yeah. Captain for dark mornings. Correct. 
Captain for Dark Mornings. So definitely want to look out for those two films that should be, uh, is it going to be a theater release or is it going to hit? They're all, you know, at this point with streaming, I mean, there's, who knows? I mean, I would love it to be theaters, but I, I make a film to be its own motion picture. It's a feature film. If it gets to theaters, great. But that's, that's a whole different marketing mechanism that, that needs to be balanced with all these superhero films, which is kind of taking up a lot of the time and the money of a lot of distribution. So if Mm. people, uh, you know, this is sort of, it depends on how the movie finishes and how it looks and the message it brings out. So that's the, that's what we're planning on doing is all these being theatrical. Wow. I cannot thank you enough for same, same goes to me. This is amazing. I had a great time. Oh, absolutely. I will Sorry make about sure. my echo, but I get that all the time. It, it, it's fixed. It, it, <laughs> yeah. That was great. Yes. It, it double up. It was great. So yeah. It worked out great. Ladies and gentlemen, Scott McCullough, thank you so, so much thank for you, spending time with us. You want to meet, read more about him, you can obviously search on Google for Scott McCullough. Uh, you can also go to scottmccullough.com. That's obviously Scott is S-C-O-T-T and McCullough is M-C-C-U-L-L-O-U-G-H. And you can also read it here if you're watching the video. But scottmccullough.com, you can find out all about him. Keep an eye out for No Right Way and Captain for Dark Mornings. That's And 26 Floors. And 26 Floors. 26 Floors. Three I, got, I got a few things going on. Oh, man. I <laughs> love that. Let us know, and we absolutely will plug them for you. And uh, thank you so, so much for all the fantastic memories and work that you've done and all the massive amount of work that you've done in videos for Prince. Uh, just you. so much work. I mean, obviously he trusted you and trusted the way that you kind of translated his vision. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it was an honor having you on board, Scott. Oh, thank you so much for coming. It makes you feel so good. You guys are amazing. I, I love, uh, all you're doing in keeping the, uh, keeping the legend alive and keeping your, 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 you know, the viewers entertained. It says your podcast is amazing. So thank you for the opportunity to share. I'll be back anytime you ask. It's, it's uh, been a great uh, trip for me. Well, we will be back in touch with you either early November or late October. Once this yeah. comes out, because I oh. want to get your review about how, th- how you feel this video came out. Oh yeah. Oh, thank you. I can't wait. I, I, I really, that's one of the things I'm like, I told my wife, I can't wait. <laughs> I bet you can. I'll just hope that you get a little bit of a, 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 a pre-shipment or something. I mean, just right. Yeah. It'd be great if you could see it. Just push, know. push, uh, push for a theatrical screening. That would be nice. Hopefully yeah, you're yeah. listening. We got to. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Lisa said it. So yeah. Thank you so, so much. Christy says, uh, thank you. Joanne says, thank you, Amy. Uh, great show. Thanks. Uh, Christina says, thank you. This is great. great. Yeah, yes. Uh, so much That's awesome here. This is fantastic. Thank you so much. Uh, yes. Thank you all for listening and whatnot. We still got news coming up, but for right now, we got to let, uh, Scott go here, but sir, thank you so, so much once again, and we'll, we'll be, we'll be in touch. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. <laughs> Good night. Thank Good you, night. Scott. All right. Wow. That was, uh, whew, that was fantastic. That was great. That was oh great. Lots of great information. Yeah. It's amazing. I love the stories. I love the stories. Yeah. I think it's important to try to get, um, uh, I think it's important to kind of get the side of everything that's happening. I mean, just with everything that he's done, I mean, we could have easily talked for another two, three hours with oh, him. Yeah. 
kind of going into his his laundry list of of things that he's done. I mean, when I when I put up that that list of just the videos that he worked on with Prince, and if you look at his um, uh, if you look him up on IMDb, you can kind of see a pretty lengthy list of some of the things he worked on. But this was, I mean, for those that missed it, yeah, it's, it's this ridiculous. was the list of the things that he was involved with. And I'm not going to read the positions of each one, but he was involved with Sexy MF, uh, The Max, Get Up, Violet, The Organ Grinder, Get Off, House Style, Clock and the Jizz, uh, Live in London, Money Don't Matter, Willing and Able, The Continental, Strolling, Call the Law, Get Off, Gangsta Glam, Daddy Pop, uh, Carmen Electra's Lovin' Early in the Morning, Eric Leeds' Little Rock, uh, Mavis Staples' The Voice, uh, the BBC documentary done on Prince, My Name is Prince, Damn You, Live in London with Nothing Compares to You, the Europe tour rehearsals, the Live at Glam Slam concert that we're about to get on the Diamonds and Pearls uh, yeah. super that's coming, uh, the Diamonds and Pearls concert rehearsal, Graffiti Bridge, he was a casting manager. So, I mean, it's just <laughs> unreal. And the fun part about it, it is you absolutely know that when when you're reading off that list that everyone who's listening is going oh i got to go back and watch this i got to go back and look at that i got to go back and check this out you know like you're just going to have to go back and you know revisit that stuff i did not look i did not think at all about the get off video and how that Layers um, how well and for those that missed it what he was saying was the get off video that was shot by Randy Saint directed by Randy Saint Nicholas that it is, it's kind of like a, it's a big scene that contains individual small scenes in it. Multiple segments of things happening like together. The stuff that they did on house style and the stuff they did on Violet, the organ grinder and all those, all those scenes are in the get off video, but they're compartmentalized on each portion of that get off set. And so, and he was the one that was responsible for making each one of those segments into their own stories. I just talk about tying everything together. Now that's doesn't even <laughs> that's off the charts, man. That's, that's next. That's next level material. You know what I mean? That's just like, wow, who, who's thinking that way? I don't know. Yeah, he, he's thinking that way we love you guys too thank you so much for tuning in i'm your host mr christopher my illustrious co-host mr jeff page a little slow on the little slow on the roll there all right good night everyone we hope you have a good time tune in to spotify iHeartRadio, odyssey all those places uh tomorrow for the edited down audio version and of course youtube and facebook facebook doesn't let me edit the videos that are already posted so you can see the full stuff all over again on facebook or you can tune in tomorrow on YouTube and see an edited version. But good night, everyone. Adios, amigos y amigas. We got to go. Thank you, Scott. We'll be talking. <laughs> good night.